What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to the new edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We are back from a, a mini hiatus. We weren't, we didn't have a show last week due to uh, work and final schedules, but we're back this week. Kendall's now back for the rest of the summer with school semester ending, and this should be a really great show. It's unfortunate we really didn't get to recap the draft like we wanted to do a couple weeks ago, but Johnny drafted Daniel Jones. Bad, Kendall. The, the Jaguars drafting Josh Allen. Good. We're going to hear the review for the draft. The Giants drafting Josh. Uh, yeah, that that kid Daniel Jones. Redskins drafting Dwayne Haskins. Good. Yo, I saw so many tweets that were like, the Giant. Yo, we get the Giants kept hearing people saying, "Yo, New York got to get the kid from Duke," and we thought we were talking about them. You see, you see, Daniel Jones said that him and Zion been talking about playing New York together. I know. Super I did. I, I did see that. And, but like, I don't even know what to make of that because I don't know what Zion's reaction was. Zion's probably like, "Who, who are you? <laughs> yo, like, you play on the football team." Yo, Zion's reaction is definitely spoiler alert: Avengers Endgame of uh, Scarlet Witch versus Thanos. Daniel Jones right, like, yeah, yeah. "Yo, Zion, I'm in New York. Yo, we may be playing together soon." He's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if we've met. <laughs> I don't even know who the hell you are. Um. Because Duke basketball football, I don't think is yeah. is making a dent. He claims they're friends. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear that from Zion. Yeah, I would like to hear that from Zion. Zion was only there for like two months, <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely need that confirmation from Zion. Before I'm taking anything Darren Jones says at his word. Um, but yes, the NFL draft did happen. I'm very happy with the Jets did. Uh, what did the Vikings do? Did they do anything? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. I ever, anybody I ever heard anyone talking Vikings about the Vikings draft? Every, everyone that's always asked me, yo, who did the Vikings get? Yeah, we got we got you know Garrett Bradbury, you know nice little guard center, you know from uh, I don't even know what school he went to. Yeah, that's a good, a good start guy. there. You I want to say it was NC State, school. maybe Indiana, West Kentucky, one of those two schools that was red. But um, yeah, he's a good prospect. You know, he's gonna be a starter. Yeah, it's, you, 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 it's hard to go really bad with like an offensive an offensive line in the first round. Like Usually you're probably get at least be a starter. starter. Yeah, even yeah. if they're not stars. Left tackles are a little more risky. You know, always. You could draft some dudes, especially if you draft some dudes based off measurables. They just might not be good. But um, and especially interior offensive linemen, if you're drafting that dude in the first round, he's probably going to be good. He's yeah. big, strong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? He has a, a athletic ability, the natural ability. Right. He experience. has aptitude, so experience, exactly. So he should be. You guys should be okay with Raiders that. Raiders fans, uh, uh, I mean, you did get Josh Jacobs. Uh, it's not. It's really bad when like you had the fourth pick and you're like, well, your 16th pick was yeah, not that bad. 22nd, whatever. 22nd, whatever. Yeah. 22nd, you guys didn't do so bad. Yeah. The other picks, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not. As, I tell you, I, I, it was funny. We kept people talking about the Raiders and the Giants. Like, I still think the Giants did was way crazier. Because I, I, I disagree. Because I think there's like Farrell. Like, look, drafting Farrell that high is crazy. But like, if Farrell's a 12 sack kind of guy, and that's not crazy. That's not crazy with his ability. If he is, then I don't care when you draft him. Like, that's a good pick. Like, right. to me, there's no way Daniel Jones, in my opinion, there's right. no way Daniel Jones is going to live up to. I mean, I didn't like Daniel Jones. A top 10 a top ten. I thought Daniel Jones was an overrated prospect when we I thought he was a going. Ba- to me, he's a backup. When we thought he was going, like, late first round. Exactly. Like, this guy's an overrated prospect. So, obviously, I think the value is crazy. But just on the merit of, like, if you, if you think this guy's the best quarterback in the draft, I'm not going to kill you for drafting him at six. And you really, if Gettleman, in his bizarre mind, thinks he wasn't he wasn't going to be on the board at 17, I'm not going to kill you. Uh, I mean, drafting a pass rusher at four, 
unless, like you say, you think the dude is, is that dynamic, it just, I don't know. Most people thought this guy was like the third, fourth best pass rusher in the draft, and you got him at four. Say what you want about, say what you want about Gettleman. He's a kooky character. I would love to chat with him for half hour. He's transparent. Hour. I think he'd be a great podcast interview. I think he, okay, he's very transparent. Well, I'm going to be transparent. <laughs> I was told myself he's saying I don't believe what he was saying. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. He's not afraid to give you a quote. That's yeah, there sure. you go. Yeah, right. He's not afraid to talk. He, what he says, I don't believe half of what he says. <laughs> but he's not afraid to, to at least give the media something. Uh, I enjoy talking to Gettleman. I think that he's a lot of fun. And, and I say that, and Giant fans are like, he's not fun for us. I, I understand he's not fun for you guys. I mean, from someone who's not a Giant fan. He's very fun because, like, I just don't – a guy like that doesn't come around very often and um, in terms of just being just, like, bizarre as a personality. But um, this show – this is the the open to the show. But this show, of course, Kendall's here, uh, as we just introduced him. But um, this show is going to be almost all basketball from here on out. It's all NBA playoffs pretty much. No, not, I mean, not necessarily. You know, we got some uh... – some non-basketball takes coming. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of stuff, kind of maybe teasing what we may see in the Who's Flames, Who's Trash segment. Uh, of course, we're gonna have um, uh, Kendall's court at the end of the show, so it should be a great show. A lot of stuff happening in the NBA playoffs. You realize, Kendall, like, like we didn't get to talk about Dame Lillard's shot. We didn't get to talk about uh, Nuggets going seven. We didn't talk about a lot of stuff. We know about the Clippers and like just that whole series with the Warriors. Like yeah. a lot, just kind of just we just didn't even get to. Yeah, I mean the first round of the NBA playoffs like was a kind of boring. Like on the national stage, I mean the Lillard, obviously the Thunder Blazers series was was fun. The Thunder Blazers series and the Clippers Warriors series was definitely yeah, fun. and the Clippers Warriors series were fun. Outside of that, I mean it was a lot of kind of chalk, a lot of you know, you know, the I mean, series weren't really the Nuggets that close. Spurs were seven games. I felt like the Western yeah, Conference playoffs. Was, I felt like the West, I felt the Western Conference playoffs were good. These, it was very obvious the top four teams were better than everybody else. Fair enough. That's probably and you know obviously you know we're on the East Coast and we're watching you know, those games a little I'm more. I'm a Celtics fan, like you know, so those games were probably more you know, like you said, we tuned into those games a little bit more. But um, so in that sense, like, and there's there's a whole another larger conversation to have about you know people talking about the playoffs not having LeBron. Mm. And that's hurt, you know. The ratings have certainly been down. That's a fact. And whether or not that's because of LeBron or for whatever reason, um, just the, maybe it's the Warriors dominance. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, nonetheless. Yeah, and, and obviously the draft, like you mentioned. And fast forwarding through all that crazy stuff that happened, we're now here. Um, we already have one ticket punch in the conference finals. We'll get to that in a second. We have uh, one Western Conference, two Western Conference series that are very much in the balance, but the one everyone's really paying attention to is this Warriors-Rocket series, which is now going to game six in Houston with Golden State up 3-2, but without Kevin Durant for the rest of this series. He had a strained calf, and Kendall, I told you last night when we watched this game, I've never in my entire life watching sports, and now this is, I I probably say I really started watching, watching when I was like, five or six so that's 22 years 23 years i've never been so concerned about another play another team's player's health like i was with kevin durant when he grabbed the back of his his leg i mean i i really saw 
the Nick future flash completely in front of my eyes in a way that was just crazy. And it kind of speaks to the weakness of doing what the Knicks are doing. It speaks to, like, (laughs) you have no control over anything. Yeah. Like, you can't control anything. (laughs) Like, the guy, like, the Warriors could just say, we're going to play him 44 minutes a night, and he's going to take all these shots. And, oh, yeah, he may just break down. And you have no control over that. Yeah. Like, that's what's kind of crazy about this whole process. But when you're a franchise with the ineptitude of the Knicks, this is a position you put yourself in where you're counting ping pong balls and hoping that guys on other teams don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, honestly, like, the two most dramatic – Moments for Nick fans this season were, were Zion getting hurt and KD getting hurt. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy, you know. That's why they were on pins and needles. Neither guy may not ever <laughs> may not ever play for the team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know how wild that is. I mean, I mean, with Zion, there's a great chance he's definitely yeah, gonna be a Nick. More than likely, it's more it's than like likely eighty six percent chance he won't be a Nick. And with Durant, we don't know. It's, yeah. it's a chance he might not. If he would have got hurt, he was not gonna be a Nick. Yeah, if he would have got a torn a- Achilles, he would have opted in. For I don't him. think he would be a New York Knicks. Yeah, he probably would have just took like, the money. So I was like, man, Kyrie's about to about to opt in, take a or take a one year deal with the Celtics because <laughs> it's KD injury. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Now, of course, we all we we joke. Um, we're happy KD's not seriously hurt. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 proud of you know basketball Twitter for not you know celebrating KD's injury. And I'm proud of yeah. I, yeah. I'm proud. There of probably were people that were, but like I yeah, didn't I didn't see a lot. And I and any people were saying like oh I've you're seen, celebrating the, it, you're a jackass. Yeah, I, like, I saw are. the snake jokes, but outside of the snake jokes that were gonna happen, like I didn't really see too much. And honestly, I was proud of Nick fans who I think because the, there was a temptation and then there was it was live still out there. Of people thinking about themselves. But I thought, for the most part, the Knicks fans who are, like, the bigger voices on social media, I thought were very responsible like about the, that. Like the Rappaport types? Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, shout-out to my homie Jonathan Macri. Um, right. Shout-out to other, you know, posting and toasting blog. Right. You know, people like that. Like, guys, you know, they're, they're, they cover the Knicks, but they're fans. You right, know what exactly. I'm saying? And how we... Cause I had to think about like that. Because even in me on Twitter, I'm like... The first instinct, you're a Knicks fan, and be like, it's, man, it sucks because KD's a Knicks. yeah, KD's a person. Like he's a guy who just got hurt. I don't want to think about that, but because of the situation, like your brain can't help but think about the Knicks. And then I had to temper myself and say, okay, wait, KD may have just been seriously hurt. He's a real person. Yeah, and like, and I don't want him hurt. That's bad. Yeah. And like, I had, to, I, and I'm thinking as like a basketball. I see. I thought a lot of Knicks fans held that restraint. They didn't just say, oh, the Knicks are ruined now. Like, like I, I'm, I'm thinking about it as a basketball fan. Like, I don't really. I don't care about what KD does for the most part, even though he'll be in the division, you know. But I don't really care what he does. I'm thinking it like, I mean, I don't like the Warriors. I want. I'm rooting for the Rockets. So like, I see KD get hurt, and I thought about it, and I'm like, look, I hope it's serious enough to where he can't play the series. But I, I don't want like as a basketball fan, an Achilles injury, which is what was speculated initially, is serious enough to where like, I mean, we saw having Kobe. Jeopardy, yeah. You know, like he may come back, but. Not the same. He just may never be the same player, and that yeah. would be tragic for someone as great as Kevin Durant. So, um, glad that it's not that. Glad it's just a calf injury, calf strain. Uh, is out for the series. So, you know, I, I mean, again, I'm not super glad about that, only because you know it, it changes basketball history. It ta- yeah, it changes. <laughs> it changes. It changes everything. And like, you want to see everybody at full strength. Like even yeah. if you I, don't. If I, as a, like I'm not a Rockets fan, but as, a, as an honorary or you know a temporary Rockets fan. You know, I would have rather seen them beat KD. Right. Than yeah. that, you know, and, and they had a chance to. 
Like, yeah, they you know like I don't think we're gonna we'll never before. know if they could have beaten them with like right. KD probably because it could be the last one. You know what? It, it's it's karma. You know, Chris Paul got hurt That's last fair. year, so I'm not I'm not I don't feel that bad for the, for the Warriors. Yeah, I mean they have three other Hall of Famers on their team. I think they'll be yeah. okay. Um, still so speaking about that, like yeah, will they be okay? Yeah, will they be okay? Like like, you know, Charles Barkley said they have no chance to win this series. I seen other people say that they have no chance to win this series. I think that that's insane. I think that's an insane take because that's, for one, look, I know Steph's not playing very well, and there's no excuses for him. He's just not playing well. And I'm a big Steph guy. Uh, I've I've defended Steph through a lot of some of his poor performances. There's no defending what how he's played this series. He just hasn't played well. And um, and with considering how he's played, I understand people looking at this saying, "Oh, well, now the Warriors are done." But I think it is underestimating how great not just Curry but Thompson and Green are, and how they good they were as a unit together for so many years, and it's giving a lot of playoff credit and and clutch performance credit to Harden and Paul. I'm not saying they can't do it, but to say that the Warriors got no shot and you're putting your eggs in the Chris Paul and James Harden basket to win two must-win games, one of them on the road against. A formidable opponent, regardless of Kevin Durant's out there. I, I'm not going to say they can't do it. I'm not going to say that. I Right now, I still think the Warriors are probably going to win this series. but Because I think they can win one of two games. Or, no, one and a half of two games. They had to finish that game, which they were up by 20. They barely held on. Now they got to just win one of these next two games. I think they can get one. To say that the Rockets, I know they're going to get two? No, I can't go that far. Because I can't trust either of those guys. That way, I'm not saying they won't. They yeah. very well could, but th- I think the people are jumping out the window, and the Rockets not have to win this series. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're able to do that. Well, look, it, it's. I think I think it, this is one of those situations where I think you're right, but I think the people talking are also right because. Do I feel like I mean I I we were watching the game together, when Durant got hurt and like, I mean I told you like yo Rockets have to win this game. Because if they don't, like, they might. They, and like, I told you I didn't win. agree. I thought they still could win those next two games. Like, I was like, they might not win this series if they if, – Because I, I was with the mindset, if they win that game, it's over. Like, they're going to they, they're gonna get one of two without Durant. Now, but it, it, it was a 50-50 thing where I'm like, if you're the Warriors, can they get one win with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? All it takes is one of those dudes to go nuclear for Which one game. Very, very possible. Very possible. And the Rockets might not win. It might be the next game. It might be game seven. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying, like, you know, but I just, if I'm the Rockets, I don't want to put my hand. Like, they, those guys yeah. aren't doing that twice. Yeah. Which is what it will take for them to win, I think. But those guys aren't going to do that for two games. But, unfortunately, they won't have to at this point. It only takes one game for Klay Thompson. He might get 50, and they might lose. Um, but what I would also say is that, with that being said, the Rockets – if they don't win this series, like, they have to win this series. If they don't, it's an embarrassment on, and it's an indictment on what, Chris what, Paul. What happens if they don't Harden. You mean, like, what's the, the next step? What, what, what do the Rockets do this offseason if they don't win? I mean, I would say you could trade Chris Paul, but, I mean, you're not getting nothing for Chris Paul. What is, yeah, what is Chris Paul at, yeah. at $120 million, $160 million? I can't imagine the left. team. What, is he, what are you getting from him? Would, would, this is just a... I mean, this might be a crazy theory. Would the would the Hornets do like a signing trade for Kemba? 
you know, Chris Paul, the Jordan Brand guy from North Carolina. You know, Jordan would be crazy. Kemba, take, I mean, Jordan would be insane to take that a franchise play. I mean, I, I, from a basketball perspective and a management perspective, it makes still sense. But if you're just talking like, you know, save face. Jordan just trying to sell tickets. I mean, that's yeah, literally just tickets, trying to sell tickets. Sell tickets, that, that would sell be the brand. Disaster. You know, they got the Jordan brand logo. I mean, that's the only landing spot I can think outside of the Lakers who also have cast space, but they would. <laughs> They if they tried to do the yeah, they, the I, I banana like, boat go, I get the fan the Lakers will be mentioned later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I know there if, is. The, if the Lakers were goofy enough to take Chris Paul, I mean, oh man, we had a conversation early in the you know early in this week about you know me saying that they should go after Westbrook and you know how his contract might be too crazy yeah, for them to bring on. Yeah, I think that's I think that would be crazy. And Westbrook is, or is still I would in his way prime. Have it, much rather have Westbrook than Chris yeah, Paul. Chris Paul, point. I mean, it I, the thing about Chris Paul is I thought about like. It's kind of sad when you think about just the banana boat crew in general. You know, D Wade's just retired. You know, grab glad for D Wade. He's at the the height, not the height, but you know, almost the peak of like his like, you know, basketball legacy at this point. Oh yeah, he's a you know, he's a legend. You know, he's a legend. Yeah. You know, the only other time he's been at this level is when he had that that running. You know, that series against uh, the Mavs. Yeah, I love I love I love D Wade getting you know, that like proper send off. You know, yeah, I mean. And it was cool that the league recognized him for that too. Yeah. Because some guys, they don't get the flowers when they because they'll smell them. Shout out to uh, Kanye. Yeah. Um, uh, like, 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 like. Oh wait, we should. We didn't do anything for that guy. He's like was amazing. Why didn't yeah. we do more? Paul Pierce, obviously. Right. Well, he'll, he'll remind you of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul Pierce remind us every single time. Um, but like, so I, it's great that like the NBA fans, the other NBA players, kind of recognize. I think the Duncan probably could have gotten more. Absolutely. We, we didn't know get, he was we didn't get Duncan anything. Right? We didn't know Dirk was retiring. We still gave Dirk a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Dirk was way more I, I, that, fried than Duncan was. Yeah. So like, there was a, I look, I love Dirk. I, everybody knows I'm a Mav fan when it comes to Dirk and whiskey. So it was one of those I, I, right. I can say that about Dirk. I'm just saying, like Duncan, like he was done. But I mean, Dirk, Dirk was yeah, done. It was done. one of those things where it was like, I think people kind of wanted Dirk to retire. They were kind of pushing him through. And it, it, you have to, you got to watch this week's uh, episode of Game of Zones. They kind of kind of make a joke about that. It's funny, but um. Nah, like, the thing about Chris Paul and these banana boat guys, like, you have D-Wade, who, you know, obviously, you know, he's gone, he's, he's retired, you know, but Chris Bosh obviously didn't have the right send-off as well, um, or rather, didn't have the right send-off, but Melo, I mean, we saw, you know, as a, as, I'm not a Melo fan, but as somebody that was not vehement, but I was in the camp of Melo could still play, you know, when he was in OKC, I was like, yo, Melo could still play, he's getting a raw deal. They went to the Rockets. I was like, was OKC trying, was a bad fit. I was fit. trying to tell you, man. But him and Tony and Chris two, Paul for two years, Harden, I'm trying to tell you. And Melo don't got it. It's clear. Chris Paul and LeBron are reaching the stage where, I mean, look, LeBron, obviously, he's still arguably the best player in the league. Definitely top five. Um, but he's clearly slipping. He's clearly got a lot of drama, which we'll talk about around him and his franchise. Chris Paul uh, is clearly slipping. And... These guys, him and LeBron specifically, are at are like, just. I mean, LeBron's not a terrible contract. He's a great player, but like, I mean, the Lakers are strapped with LeBron for three more years at a max deal, and Chris Paul is also at that same contract. You can't imagine either guy's gonna get better than they are. Chris Paul actually has more years than LeBron. Yeah, he had a got five years. Yeah, man. I mean, look, Maury, he had to do it, but he really didn't have to do it. <laughs> That's a conversation. That's a whole other conversation. 
There's no way he didn't have the. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew he was getting himself into. I think he was like. Oh yeah, he knows he signed year. a bad contract, but he's like, this is for. Yeah. I gotta win one year. Yeah, exactly. I gotta hope that this year we find a way yeah, that I think like, he really he won't get hurt. They have a chance to beat them. Yeah, and that, they do. Um. But I mean, it's sometimes it's also one of those deals where you hope you can trade the guy. Like you hope, like, look, I'm signing a bad contract, but. Hopefully, yeah, like a lot of times, like contract. a lot of times, you're willing to take on a bad contract. Like no contract is untradeable. Like is is a few, like Noah is like one of those like rare yeah, occurrences. Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons. There's some where it's like, okay, yeah, like no one would take this guy. But there are some players in the league where like if you want to take on a bad contract, if you really want to get rid of the guy, you can get rid of him. I mean, the Clippers got rid of Blake Griffin quick. Yeah, right, that team. contract looked not crazy. Good. Yeah, you know, uh, Love will get traded, and somebody will take Kevin Love. And people talk yes. about it's one of the five worst contracts in the league. No, somebody's gonna be desperate. Nobody's gonna, somebody's gonna take him. Someone need, needs. Someone needs a decent player. Yeah, somebody needs a franchise player. You know, a, or an Olympian. Yeah, or maybe someone just needs like a, a third or fourth. Yeah, guy. a third option. That's but like, they don't care about the luxury tax. They just need somebody who could fill yeah, that role. And they don't. Like, we yeah. have the we have the space. Yeah, we can make it work. Yeah, the owner is like, I'll, I'll pay the luxury. I don't care. Like, you know, just we need to win. John Wall's an interesting case. You know, I, I he's the worst contract in the league. Absolutely, only I because agree. of the injuries. Um. But no, nah, the Rockets are in a they're in a bind. They have to win a championship. And the reason I say that or not win a championship, they have to beat they have to beat this Warriors team is they we've made the excuse. Fans have made the excuse. I I mean, look, I wanted the Rockets to win that series last year. I wanted them to win it this year. I'm telling you the Rockets were going to win that series last I, year. I'm not one of those guys that I says I, like, I keep saying that they were like, I picked them to win that series and they were going to win. You know, I I was hoping they would win that series. And I thought in the moment they were going to win it. But looking back in hindsight, do we really – are we really sure? Do yeah, we really trust Chris, Harden and Paul that much that well, they would have showed up in game six and seven? Well, well, I don't know about Harden, but Chris Paul was playing out of his mind. And Chris Paul, this series, I don't think he's played that great. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I was saying, like I mean, he ain't looking at it like now. It's a year – he's worse than he was last year. Probably is. Which he is look, they look a little slower. Which is why what you're saying about him, the desperation to win the series is, is, is paramount because – it's not. It's not gonna get better from up here. And it's not again. It's, Chris Paul is the point guard. Um, there's no no one doubts how his greatness. John Morant will say it's, it's him. Well, sure, John Morant might be the next. He might be the next he one. Like, I'm, 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 I'm a point guard. You know, he might be the next one. <laughs> I, 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 Chris I, I believe. Like, you, did you say you're a point guard? He's like, no, no, no I'm a point guard. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, I love. I love. You know, I love John Morant. So like, I don't know. I I I. I the people who are just putting this, no doubt, Rock has got these guys. I agree. It's a putting a lot of stock in in Chris Paul and Harden rising up to a challenge. This Warrior team is not going to lay down. These these guys are champions, like real champions. We're talking about real champions, the fake champions. Maybe we get to the Celtics, but like we, we're talking about real guys who won three straight championships, who have been through the toughest of toughest ringers, like. Guys who have failed on big levels and succeeded on big like, the like this is this is not going to be easy to win two games against that team without Kevin Durant is not going to be easy. And I, it is surprising to me that so many are just penciling Houston to get past these guys. Because they're not. I, gonna, I, I mean, I, I, I could very well see them losing the next game. What they have to do is they got to stomp on these guys. Like, yeah, they got to try to they got to try to knock them out they, in the first round. Got, yeah, they got <laughs> they got to blow them out in that first quarter and. Just to get to Game Seven and yeah. just see what happens. Because if that game is close, as we saw, as we saw in Game Five, a close game, five minutes to go, 
Curry and Thompson are too prolific as shooters, and Draymond Green is too prolific a playmaker and defender that they could they could easily. They could, they, out. Could, they could outshoot you in those. Yeah, those, they just outshoot you. And Harden, in those last few minutes. For whatever reason, looked kind of spooked. It wasn't trying to, I don't know if he was fatigued or if he just wasn't, or if he was just out of it. But he didn't take any shots, or he took one shot uh, late in that game, three shots in the entire fourth quarter. Um, the Rockets, I don't know. By the time people listen to a lot, by the time a lot of people listen to this podcast, you know, we might, the series might be over, either on the Rockets or the Warriors side. But my guess is that my guess is that the Rockets find a way to win this series. I think they find a way. I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be close. I don't think either game will be a blowout. Um, but I think this Warrior team. Some people are making the case they're harder to defend now. I, I, that just doesn't make sense. No, it just That's doesn't make insane. sense. Have you watched Kevin yeah. Durant play? Yeah, this year? I mean Kevin Durant. You, the Clippers will not tell you. Yeah, the Warriors without Kevin Durant are easier to guard. Yeah, this is the same dude that. Gave like Lou Williams said. Believe me, we tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Durant, because they always, that's the problem with this Warriors team is that if Curry and Thompson didn't have it, they can always, Durant can always kind of flip the switch. And if he can't flip the switch, that's when they know they're in trouble. They almost never had that problem. They really haven't it's, had that yeah, problem. It's rare you have all three guys, you know, like, not, not having it. It's Those guys are yeah, all too good. They're all too good, and Durant, when he really has to push – I mean, he's the, seven feet tall. The closest time yeah, I've handled the point guard. The only he guy get, I've ever he can get seen his him. Shot whenever. The only guy I've ever seen put Durant in like a, a bind where like he can't is Kawhi. Yeah, he's literally the only guy. And so, and maybe we would have seen that. Maybe we will see it if Durant gets healthy in the finals potentially. But that's that's the luxury that they're, the Warriors are losing. Is that man? If we get a bind, if Curry's struggling, like he struggled for a lot of the series. If Thompson is quiet, like he's been for a lot of the series, they can't get. They don't have another guy now. It's gonna be like, all right, I'll get us a bucket. Do you think there's any Durant's injury? Has, do you think it will affect what happens in free agency at all? Uh, I think it could. I think it could. In what way? In, in the in the sense that if the Warriors lose this series, there will be a sentiment of like. There, there will be that notion business. of yeah, unfinished business, which is something we've seen a lot in sports when guys get hurt. Um, I don't I, logically, I don't think it makes any sense because like you've already won two championships, and I mean, look, you, I mean, yeah, you probably won on a third. It's unfortunate, but you know, you still got you still got you know unfinished business in your own career, <laughs> which is like winning on a different team. But some guys don't see it that way, um, so I think it could play a role. If they win this series and they, you know, if he comes back, then I don't think it comes to that. But if they do, if they do lose the series, I, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I don't think it will. Yeah, I don't think it will. Either. Uh, I don't think it will. I feel like the unfinished business thing. I I don't know. I think he'll be able to if he wants to leave. He could say, "Look, it's unfortunate what happened, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I accomplished a lot here." And I want to see what we can do next. And, I mean, I, to be honest, I think you said it a lot, and I, I, I agree with you on this standpoint. I think from a basketball fan standpoint, like, I think we do want to see KD take, like, the the ultimate challenge. And we can go back and forth about, you know, whether or not, oh, did he, did he take the easy way out before or whatever. But, like, 
Like, he's gotten so great. His greatness is so undeniable at this point. And that I think we don't we want to see him try to really do something special. It's not to say you know winning three championships in a row isn't special, but going to the Knicks or look going even to the Nets, if he finds a way to go to Brooklyn and he's like the guy, and now it's him carrying a new team, and like we I, I think I think we'd be robbed of something as basketball fans. We didn't get to see him take that greatness he has to some other place that needs it desperately, and. For his standpoint, for our standpoint as basketball purists, I hope we get to see that chance. I don't think that this injury will get in the way of that. But uh, And I think he knows that. I think he knows that deep down, which is why it annoys him so much when people keep bringing up the fact that this Warriors team is so stacked. Because I think he knows that. And I think he realizes I need to do something else um, to kind of get that full credit that you keep talking about he's yearning for. So so I, I, I think that it won't matter. I think that I, I thought he would leave before the season. I still feel like he'll leave. I, I think this injury, whether they win, lose, I don't. I don't think it's gonna make any difference. Yeah, it's too minor. Yeah. Um, moving to the Eastern Conference, you know they'll face the winner of the the, the Nuggets and Blazers, which uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, may be the Nuggets. They're playing in Game Six as we speak. They're winning, but the game's still in the balance. It's not a blowout or anything. So you know, who knows? Or maybe by the time you listen, maybe it'll be the Blazers. Maybe yeah. we'll listen to it by uh, by by Monday. Uh, and you would have seen what happened. But nonetheless, uh, we do have one team that's punched their ticket to the conference finals in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. As we've recorded, as we record this podcast, they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. They uh, gave the, the Boston Celtics a gentleman sweep. They gave them one game and then beat them four in a row. You know, the Celtics are the first team in NBA history to uh, win four straight and then or win five straight and then lose four straight. Wow. In the playoffs, yeah, I mean it's hard to do. I mean, that, that's, I don't feel there's a certain level of dominance you have to have, and then a certain level of ineptitude to <laughs> follow it up with team of four in a row. Team is a clown. But it, it, I mean, honestly, is that is there any greater you know epitome of this Celtic season yeah, than honestly. like that stat and yeah. that being, thing that being the first they won five in a row? And I, I credit the last, well, last time we spoke, I credited them as to how they rallied, how much they rallied, and how ready they were for the moment. Yeah, against Indiana. And with, like you said, they the they, first sign they, of they became a clown show very quickly, they, and then there's a the second just, round. They just, yeah, the first sign of adversity, they just they folded. Um, but that's been what they've done all year. A lot of times, you know, it's a lot of times in the playoffs, people want to assume. And I think with the Celtics and the Thunder, I think we all made this mistake, where we want to assume what we saw in the regular season was somehow not gonna carry over, like the issues that. Happened in the regular season, like we just they would magically disappear. Like no, those issues you had in the regular season usually they get accentuated in the playoffs. They don't dis- they don't disappear in the playoffs. And we saw it with the Thunder, I thought in the first round, and we saw it with the Celtics a lot in the second round. So we get to the Bucks in the second, but really the conversation has been about Kyrie and and just kind of how this whole Boston season collapsed. Kendall, you're the resident Celtics fan on this show. Yeah. Um, I'll leave you a, with a simple question. Uh. To quote our former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, "What happened?" <laughs> uh, Shout out to Hillary Clinton. Um, what happened? Um, well, look, basketball-wise, Milwaukee was a bad match. They were a bad match for us last year. Yes, they were. You know, they took us to seven games, and they with, were with seven. Prunty as their head coach. Yeah, with Joe Prunty as the coach. So. 
they've always kind of been a bad matchup. Uh, Giannis is very LeBron-esque, and LeBron is the guy that's always given the Celtics matchups, and um, it's kind of scary as a, as a Eastern Conference fan or a Celtics fan to know that this dude is very likely going to be in the East for the next five, six, seven years, assuming he signs long-term, which the, today's day and age is a, is a fairly big assumption, but you know he doesn't seem like the, the super team type or even the big market type necessarily. Uh, but neither did Durant, so <laughs> we'll see. But regardless, um, so yeah, th- I mean, the team was constructed in a way that was uh, not a good match for the Celtics. Uh, but with that being said, this the same thing would have happened to, against Toronto. Uh, I think we could have and probably would have beaten Philly. I, I mean, that's not a guarantee, but I, I would have felt better about that. But um, beyond the basketball side, I think the basketball side is it's important, but I don't think it's why we lost this series. I think Giannis is great, but I don't think Milwaukee won this series by being a much better team. I think a lot of it was the Celtics' internal strife. I think these guys didn't like playing with each other. These guys didn't like playing in Boston. They didn't like playing for the Celtics this season. Um, they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there. Uh, starts with the leader. Starts with the head. And in any sport, in any, uh, really in any environment, um, when you have, when you got the the leader and the head of the ship, the the leader of the ship, that no matter what energy they're giving off, typically the rest of the the, the rest of the guys around them, the rest of the people around them, match that same energy. Or right. At least they they attempt to match that energy. Um, it's why you see when, you know, a, like someone like the, the Warriors have someone like Draymond Green who plays, you know, with his hair on fire, plays with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, you know, it gets the other guys involved. Yeah. You know, it rubs off. It rubs off on these guys. Um, every team's got an emotional leader like that. And for the Celtics, for better or for worse, it's been Kyrie Irving because he's kind of inserted himself in that role. Because he's the most talented player, he's he, he keeps saying player, he's the leader, and he keeps telling people he's the leader. So uh, he keeps telling people, "Yeah, I've won a championship. I've done this. I've done that." These guys haven't done it yet. They got to prove themselves. That this, that, and the other thing. So when he is moody, when he is disengaged, when he is uh, lacking energy and spirit, that's the way the team's going to play. And we saw it not only from Kyrie, but eventually we saw it from. Tatum, all serious. Tatum was awful. Uh, yeah, he, the only reason we're not talking about Tatum is because Kyrie yeah. was worse. Which exactly. is hard to be worse than how Tatum played. Uh, Brown, I thought, played well enough for what he does, but, you know, he really also kind of lacked that same kind of energy for a lot of series, especially late in the series. Uh, Brown, Hayward was in his own funk. Uh, funk. Um, you know, I look at, you know, Morris, Smart, Horford, those guys kind of did what they did. They're business as usual type of guys. You know, they're veterans. Uh, that doesn't really affect them. Rozier also is another guy that just didn't have it. And yeah, Rozier was awful. Yeah, he was awful. Um, but it starts with the 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 head of the snake, because if Kyrie comes out with his hair on fire, playing with high energy on both sides, playing his tail off, I can't imagine Kyrie. I can't imagine Tatum and Brown playing like that. I just, it's hard to believe that those guys would, would lay an egg like that. Mm-hmm. I, and we saw it last year in the playoffs. The the leader, the Celtics were a team by committee, but essentially it was, you know, smart and 
then it was the young guys. It was Tatum, Brown, and Horford. Horford's not young, obviously, but like those those four guys more or less were the 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 emotional leaders of the team. Those are the guys that got the rest yeah, of the guys. I was involved. I would say Horford and, and Smart were the leaders. Yeah, the yeah, Horford and Smart were the leaders of the team, and. Because of the way those guys played, the energy and the passion. At, and the calmness of and the Horford. Calm, yeah, the calmness of Horford. Like, those guys played with that same calm. They exactly. played with that same spirit that Smart had. And it rubbed off on everybody. Kyrie played with none of that. He's in, yeah, he's the alpha, so you're going to take his traits. And his traits we're, aren't. We're all awful. This aren't race. super hustle. You know, you know, like what, uh, what uh, you know, Manny even trying to say. I'm not a, not a Charlie Hustle. Yeah, Johnny Hustle. Johnny Hustle. Yeah. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie is, is like Johnny Kyrie is not a Johnny Hustle kind of guy. <laughs> He's not Johnny Hustle. He's not Johnny Hustle. He's, He's kind of a rah, too, rah, cool, rah. School, uh, too cool for school Absolutely. attitude that he played with this this series. And like, one good luck doing that, you know, against this team that is as great defensively. But two. If you're gonna do that, the rest of these guys are gonna do that because they don't really, they don't respect Kyrie. For a whole, well, that, that's a whole other conversation. But I don't get the sense that they respect his leadership qualities. And so if he's not trying, these guys aren't gonna try. And so look, I mean, season's over. You know, it, you can't really. You can look. You can look at the series and dissect it in a million different ways. Do you ways. think there's any chance Kyrie's back? Uh, is there a chance Kyrie's back? Yeah, I think there's a chance. Yeah, I, I'm as a Celtics fan, I'm not. Um, not particularly excited about the idea, the the notion of that's the interesting that. part too because I feel like most now you know I, I haven't listened to sports radio or read I've only been on social media and I mean Celtics fans are just like just irate about how Kyrie played and I think a lot of them would not be afraid if he did leave Kyrie is interesting I feel like he's the kind of guy that would like pay attention to that and remember that and make it part of his decision do you think the Celtic Fans not embracing him, perhaps the way he would want to be embraced, will have a factor in how in his decision making. Because it was very clear to him, it was very clear to me when he first said his thing that I'm want to commit to the signing long term. That he wanted that embrace from the fans, like he seeked that embrace when he made that announcement before the season. And and I think the whole thing with of you know Tatum and those other guys kind of becoming the darlings of the team, I think did. A, impact him a little bit yeah with to where when he came in this offseason he's like i'm the guy it's me remember everybody i'm the star like it was very over the top and and do you think that the celtic fans kind of maybe stiff arm him a little bit after what he's done uh will have a factor in his decision making um, seeing how he's operated all year which has been who cares very moody and very much <laughs> yeah. uh who cares but to me clearly he does care He's acting no, like someone who I'm cares. Saying, you know, you're asking me, does, will it matter? Uh, who oh, cares? oh, okay. Uh, he says who cares yeah, all the time. I know, yeah, exactly. Um, I, look, I feel like, do I think it will play a role? I mean, probably, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't, Kyrie will tell you it won't, but. He seems like a guy that wants to be loved. No? Don't we all, EJ? Yeah, yeah, but he, I know, but like, but like for him, it seems like, like I, I guess I, you know, he, the comparison is happening a lot this off season because this guy has, and this guy has the emotional maturity of someone way above his years, but I, I never get that feeling about Damian Lillard. I get the feeling he just kind of just does the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Where I feel like Kyrie, like, will try to do the right thing and then wants praise for it, and this is. Speaking from a guy who's always been pro Kyrie over any of these other guards we're comparing him to, so that's that's their perspective we're getting from me. But I'm being honest, 
with what I what I've seen from him not just this year but his whole career. And like you know, I even got played a clip earlier today of him talking about the Cavalier departure and how when they asked him what was the deal, he basically was like, "Well, you know, I was being a good professional and I, I stuck through it, even though you know I knew that you know this day was coming." Like even him mentioning that was like kind of him saying, "Hey, like yeah, I kind of just like bailed on my team, but like for a whole year I stuck it out and we won a championship. Like I deserve credit for that. Like why? Like to me, like he's kind of like, he's that he's that kid." Who like, who wants to kind of do his own thing? But if he if he follows your rules, he then he wants you to acknowledge that he's following your rules. Right. And it's kind of goes back to like, even how he plays. Like he plays like a guy who wants to do his own thing. And when he does, he wants people. And when he sacrifices or he does the right thing, he wants that to be recognized. And when he's unhappy or he doesn't feel like other people are acquiescing to how he plays. He's he's gonna pout. He's gonna have an issue with it. Um, I mean, this Kyrie thing, man. It's it's really crazy. It's it's. I can't remember the last time a guy who won an NBA championship, undisputedly, was a, a think of as a clutch star, superstar kind of player, is having his championship pedigree questioned in this way. I can't think of it in any sport. You can think of someone else, maybe. I, I can't. A, a guy player. who's won a champion. I mean, the only guy I can think of is maybe Peyton Manning. Manning throwing an interception against the Saints. I mean, he got roasted for that. Um, even though he was already a Super Bowl champion. But even then, Peyton was so great. I think that we all kind of just said, okay, Peyton is just not the same Peyton. Peyton's kind of like Steph Curry. Like, they, they've won championships, but, like, they never played to the level of how they played in the regular season. And I think we kind of, just like kind of we do with Steph, I think we kind of kind of come into the playoffs with that assumption with Peyton Manning. So when he threw the pick, yes, people were like, damn, Peyton Manning's throwing pick sixes to lose Super Bowls? That's crazy. And but yeah, like, but it kind of came with it. Yeah, the Seahawks debacle too. But again, it almost kind of came with Peyton's territory, as weird as that sounds. Whereas with Kyrie, they're, they're giving him no rope with this. They're not giving him any kind of benefit. Of How can you? Wait, wait. Well, that's why I asked. He's that, an NBA champion, and he hit a game when he hit the best, the biggest shot in play, the history. Play, of, try to play devil's advocate and, and be Kyrie's agent and explain. That's what I'm, do, well, I'm doing it right now. Explain, like, like, explain like what happened. Explain um, why the okay. situation was a losing situation, and Kyrie, there's nothing he could have done. Well, or look, maybe I, was, I, I can't, I can't, I can't explain his poor play. He did not play well. What I can explain is, and I said this before the show. This isn't really a good explanation for him but you 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 know and i'm 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 sure you're not afraid to say it on this podcast you feel like say anything about that <laughs> you, you said Kyrie quit you think Kyrie, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you think quit. Kyrie quit <laughs> and, and, and to kind of bring a conversation we had off air on air i said i don't think he quit i think sometimes and this is where the bucks deserve some credit because sometimes when you're playing against a team that is just so much better than you are and forget about what happened in game one the sometimes you could play a game and you could play great and i and no i've, I've played not played nba basketball but i played high school basketball aau basketball and you'll you'll beat a team that you know you're not anywhere near better than right. you you will dominate a team that you know you're not anywhere better than and like if you play them again it's gonna be a different story right. and sometimes you know that and i think the celtics as a team and Kyrie being the leader definitely felt it from him. I think that they were mentally overwhelmed 
by the task at hand. I think that by the time the Bucks kind of figured out what this playoffs were about, by the time they got the game two, and they got they overwhelmed them those threes in the first half, and I think the Celtics kind of realized, and Kyrie kind of realized, this is gonna be a task. Which is why Kyrie just his he went to his his instinct, his raw instinct thing to do: just shoot, just keep shooting, just keep attacking. That's like, and sometimes when you do that, it looks like he looks so out of control and he looks so hapless that it looks like you're quit. I don't think he quit. I just think he had no answers. He had no answers for because as great as he is, and I've always made the case that Kyrie Irving is an offensive juggernaut, but in a sense, he is kind of still limited. <laughs> but like, why why was he intentionally switching on to to Giannis and calling again on, going to Morris and saying, no, "I got him. I'm a guard Giannis." Because in his mind, you, it's, you get the guy in the corner. Because in his mind, I think it's he's his mind. He's not thinking clearly. Uh, in his mind, again, what's the thing? Attack! I'm the guy. I got to do it. Like he's not even thinking about like the game plan. Like it, it, it takes you out of it. It takes you out of what you're supposed to do. He, it, he said at one point in one of these press conferences that you know I'm doing so much. You know I'm doing and. It, and you know, in my head, I was like, I mean, you're, I mean, you're trying to do a lot, and you're not really doing much. He's not accomplishing he's just, anything. Yeah, you're not. He, but he's he's trying, I guess. Yeah, right. But like, and 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 and, <laughs> have you ever seen that Sailor Moon meme where like it's like I don't even know what episode it's from, but it's a yeah, guy yeah, yeah. who's like, my work here is done. Yeah, <laughs> Sailor yeah. Moon's like, you haven't done anything. Yeah, and he just leaves. Yeah. I saw that for Kyrie. Yeah, I've seen that a million times. For Kyrie Irving, that quote reminded me of that. But like. To me, he I just think that he realized I can't keep up with this guy in terms of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like I this guy is a mo- I'm not going I can't keep up with this guy. I'm gonna try. And like how am I gonna try? I'm just gonna keep shooting. And that's where Kyrie's <coughs> game is immature. Cause Kyrie should have realized I'm really gonna have to lean on the talent of my team. My team's overall talent pool is greater than the other team. They are well coached. They're probably a little better coached than we are. They shoot better, but we have better individual players. And instead of me saying I'm gonna be the one to match Giannis in this three point onslaught we're facing, he should have leaned on his other guys. He didn't know how to do that because that's why I was gonna say he's kind of limited. He's like he's a great player, but he's kind of limited in the sense that he's a, he's a great scorer. And if that's Ball not going handler, for him. Yeah. Yeah, it, ball handling goes into him creating his shown shot. It's not yeah, for creating other people. Creator, yeah. So, if that's not going for him, I think you see what you got. Him but switching what's the, randomly, what's the explanation his defense being for, whatever. Like, I think you see what happened. His and, shots and weren't going over. in, but, like, Kyrie, is, is Kyrie a bad shooter now? No, I think that, I think that. I mean, the dude was just mentally checked. He just looked in and played like he was mentally checked out. I think that, again, when you're mentally overwhelmed by what's happening, the game is sped up. But So is Kyrie, so do we have up. to look at Kyrie and that, say he's not that, a clutch player anymore? No, I think he just didn't come up. No, he came up short. This, is, this, is a, this was a moment where the pressure was put on him, and he just crumbled to where, like, oh, now he's a 20% shooter. No, I, I, think what, <laughs> I think what it shows us is that Kyrie, I, I think what it shows us to me is that Kyrie, as I keep saying, is limited. Is that he's a great talent, and you could make the case he's even a great player. But he like the, the 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 situation around him has to be a certain way for him to be championship level successful, and it's the case I made for Dirk Nowitzki and for Carmelo Anthony. For Dirk Nowitzki, I was one hundred percent right. I don't know if 
Dirk and Kyrie are all that much different in terms of my respect for them as players. Like, oh, or, ta- or talents, I would say. Okay, I was talents, say not players. Dirk <laughs> is smarter. Like, yeah. Talents, I'm saying. Like, I don't think I don't think Dirk is more talented than Kyrie, basically. Like, I think that Dirk is seven feet tall, but in terms of just raw ability, I think Kyrie is as talented as any point guard that we have. Right. So, what's and but Dirk had limitations. He was a bad defender. Um, uh, he he wasn't a guy. He wasn't a, a tough guy. I, he had toughness, but he wasn't a guy that you looked at was like a, was a rough rider, so to speak. Um, he was quiet, so the kind of leadership you would get, you may need from someone who was as dominant as Dirk, you weren't going to get from him. But what I kept saying, as me, who's defending Dirk through an a lot of people kept saying he'll never win a championship, he's a soft Euro, was, one, he's a special, special player, which he is, he's a Hall of Famer, he's a legend, but also, sometimes you need to put guys in, like, just the right position, and sometimes not, not everybody's going to be Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, where, like, it doesn't matter. They're going to be able to just lift their team out of anything, and they'll win. Some of guys course. need to be put in the right position. And but, I think Kyrie is showing to me I, that he needs to be in a certain position I thought about that to about be that Kyrie. kind of player. I thought about that about Kyrie when he got traded. But what better position is there than what he came into in Boston? Kyrie needs to be on a team where his offensive scoring is needed and welcomed, and he has other players who are willing to do the dirty work and, and, and be leaders and do the, the other thing necessary to win. Kyrie could not – and I, I know the talent on this team was incredible. It, just sound, it sounds like you're asking for the – it's got to be the perfect – it, 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 it has to be. Gotta, I'm, I'm not saying this is good. I'm telling you what the situation Cause I'm, is. Because I'm, think, I'm Cause thinking about, That's like, what the situation is, that he needs to be on a team where he, – he can't be on a team where he has to make sure other guys are getting shots and getting set up. Like, to me, Kyrie – like, Kyrie wouldn't have worked on the 87 Lakers because he would never got Kareem involved. He would never got James Worthy shots. Like, he like he wouldn't have been able to find a way – like, they would, those teams would have lost because – he would have been playing a certain way, and they didn't need him to play that way. Like, Kyrie needs to be able to play his game, and his game is scoring the ball. But in order to do that, he needs other guys who may be willing to do more distributing, other guys who may be able to, to carry some of the load defensively, and a guy in the locker room who can be the alpha leader and connect guys and rally and rally guys. He would be perfect playing with a guy like Draymond Green. Like, like that's the kind of leader he would need. Like, he needs someone like that. He can't be that guy. He's not innately likable. He doesn't appear that way. Um, and he doesn't seem like he does a lot to like put himself out there to be likable. Um, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not an in-your-face guy. So his way of leadership is through his play, and his play is a one-on-one game. So it doesn't lend itself to leadership. It's but why it, someone like Kamal Anthony struggled to ever be that kind of guy. Do we have to look at Kyrie now and, and say... <laughs> Not only does the situation have to be perfect, but if he is in a good situation, he could he could he could be a negative. Yes, because I mean, people have made yeah. the case all year. Yo, the Celtics are better without Kyrie, and for the most part, I, I was shaky on it. 
went back and forth. I, I mean, negative is harsh, but because negative, I, I don't know how we can look at it. Well, and say, ne- no, he's well not negative is relative because his team still won more than fifty games. They, they still won. Le- they won more games last year. Well, I know, but I'm just saying in terms of. And he was there last year. You're talking about just him in a vacuum. You're you're talking about just him on a good team. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's relative. Because right now, we're comparing him to the Celtics last year and this year. But I'm today saying relatively on a good team. Negative is harsh because it's it's, it's relative. Like, I think if Kyrie's on a good team, you're still winning 50 games. You're still getting out of the first round. You still are in a championship contender. Like, do I think you're going to win a championship after what I saw this year? No. I don't think you're going to win a championship. Because Kyrie... On the court, like the Celtics, for the most part, but you're still a good team. Fine. That's why, like, that's why I say you say negative. It's like I'm saying negative. This team had a lot of expectations. I'm saying so negative, it's negative like, right now. I'm but saying I don't know negative, negative as in like team. he made them. He may have made them worse. I don't think he made them worse because I don't think that, I, I can't see how you can't say that after the way they the team's energy was this year. Like, there's the team's aura was so negative right. for sixty five percent of the season, and the postseason, the team just fell apart psychologically. But I, but I think if this, in a way that is indicative of the same. Traits that Kyrie shown for almost his entire career. I don't think I don't think the team would have melted down like this. But I think if this and if I think if last year down like this, but I think if last year I think if last year's team plays against this Bucks team, they get run out of the gym as well. This Bucks team, uh, we can't underestimate how different this Bucks team. I can't say that. How this Bucks team is totally different than last year. This team, the Bucks team, is better, but the Celtics team last year just played with enough toughness, mental toughness, enough defensive. you know, like enough defensive toughness and enough de- de- defensive fortitude, and they had a spirit about them, especially at home, that I we just didn't have this year. These guys look like they I, didn't care. I agree. Like the same like difference between Milwaukee from last year to this year, I could look at Boston and say the same thing. The way they looked in this Milwaukee series, but I just don't see they how that worse. And look, defensively, you've been better, but. I just don't see how Tatum you're, was an you're A minus player last year. This year he was a C minus player. But I don't know. But you're not matching this team's offensive output. You're just not. I don't. And care I'm not saying we're. I'm not. Say, I don't know if we win the series. But we don't lose in five. I don't think. I think you guys get run out the gym. I guess. This I mean, it's a hypothetical. This team, this team, I can't. We'll never But I think this team. I think this. That's that's the other part of it too. That this. They but like this my point is that we looked really good, dramatically worse from a. Mental standpoint with Kyrie out, there. they did. And again, I mean, I can't say whether or not we would beat. Like, I don't know if we're beating Golden State this year. I don't know if we would beat them last year. I don't know if we're beating Milwaukee this year. I can't tell you who, how much better he makes us from a result standpoint. But I, I, I just look at it. And I'm like, I mean, we talked about all year last year and all off season. Man, this team's getting Hayward back. They're getting Kyrie. You know, people are making the case. You know, they're they're not only bad because of Kyrie, but they're also bad because of Hayward. I don't see how that makes any sense. Hayward is a role player. You know, yes, he's getting paid more than he probably should be or more than he's producing, uh, more than the level he's producing. But Kyrie is supposed to be the catalyst. He's supposed to be the guy. And honestly, it comes down to Brad Stevens didn't have control of this team and didn't have the mindset to check him. To say, look, all right, you're not playing the right way. Well, because I, th- I think you're not playing within the system. Well, I, I think he gave him way too much freedom. Well, yeah, I think Ky- I think the relationship, just from a distance, the relationship between Stevens and Kyrie felt more like a partnership than it did coach player. Right, yeah, and that's not 
necessarily that's not innately bad. Because, it's not. It's not unusual because, in sports with right. superstars and and coaches. like to say that 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 he did that isn't necessarily bad in the sense that like there are a lot of coaching relationships that are like that. Like Brady, Pop, Brady Pop, and T- Pop and Duncan at a certain point were coach partner partnership. Um, you said Brady and Belichick. You maybe say recently maybe they've yeah, fallen, it's fallen apart. But at one yeah. point they were partnership. Um, Phil and Michael partnership. Phil and Kobe partnership. Like, but do you see the names we're mentioning now? <laughs> Jeter Tory partnership. Like Wade and Spolstra. Wade and Spolstra. But we're mentioning every single person I mentioned are Hall of Fame and the leaders of the elite, with the exception of maybe Eric Spolstra. Right. And he's great. And I'm, that's not a diss to him. I'm just saying the other guys are like Mount Rushmore type icons that you have that kind of relationship with. Brad, I think, wanted and seeked and wanted to put Kyrie on that pedestal. And Kyrie just was not ready for that. I don't know who'll ever be, but he's not. He's not there. He could not have been on that. He needed actual coaching, and he. I don't think he ever got it. I think he he went to Kyrie as like an like, almost like an equal, and he's just he's just not there. And like, he's just not that, the, he's like, not that we kind talked about of player. Before the show, like in some aspects, he looked up to Kyrie and looked to Kyrie for championship advice. You know, like championship leadership. And, Ky- I mean, Kyrie was there to tell him, look, this will be in Cleveland. But, like, it, it, like you said, because he looked at him at, 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 on that level, he gave him the freedom to coach the team. And it gave, it gave, yeah. It but gave Kyrie him. wasn't, like you said, he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't no. capable. Uh, he's not a coach on the floor. And that it c- calls to question, look, Kyrie claims he's a basketball genius. That calls to question his basketball IQ. Like, Isaiah Thomas and Chuck Daly was another great example of that relationship that partnership but isaiah had his entire tentacles on that pistons team like everyone loved him everyone rallied around him he right. knew everybody he was he he knew how everybody thought how everybody worked and he knew how to get guys to play the right way how to get guys to to to, to play under chuck daly chuck daly was like a, a a motivational mastermind and isaiah and him were working hand in glove on that pistons team they like, but Isaiah is a special kind of person, and it, you know it may sound hyperbolic for Knicks fans to think that. Yeah, no. But the athlete Isaiah Thomas is a special one, like point one percent kind of sports mind that you can do that with. You can't do that with every player, not even every star player. There are star players you cannot do that with. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is not one of them guys. I would argue. Dirk Nowitzki was not one of those guys. I don't think that Rick Carlisle looked at Dirk as a partnership. I think he was a coach. And Carlisle, I think he, I think he gave Dirk Rope in terms of minutes and how you feeling, what do you like. But I don't. But I think, I think that's where it stopped. I think with, I think Stevens looked at Kyrie almost as like an assistant coach, and that's not how he should have approached this because Kyrie wasn't ready for that. And uh, it was a mistake. And, and honestly, like Kyrie. His, this whole issue, or not this whole issue, but a part of his issue, of, among many issues, is that his head got too big. And that probably was a part of it. Like, the the last thing Kyrie needed was to not... was, was Reinforcement no, of yeah. how he plays and yeah, how, nobody, he, how he operates. Yeah, nobody, I'm sure, look, Stevens probably, like, you know, I'm sure he criticized him. I'm sure he coached him. Probably yeah, told him, look, you're course. not doing this right. You're not, you know, this is what you got to do better. But... Everyone that knows Brad Stevens knows he's not he's not gonna be the type that's gonna 
You know, I mean, he'll call guys out at times, but... He's not going to bench Kyrie in the fourth quarter. He's not going to bench Kyrie in the fourth quarter. You know, it, he's not going to call him out in the media. He's not, he's not exactly. going to do those things. And at the end of the day, like, that's... It's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, clearly. With it, with this player. With other guys, it might not be. Because, right. again, you might have... Tory never had to call out Jeter. But, you know... Belichick that have called Brady publicly. He I does it in practice, which Brady gets crazy about. But. Celtic fans, Stevens, Ainge, Rick Grossman, or Rick Grossback, all like all of Boston. I think in in some instances, I don't want to say they got tricked, but I think in part were fooled or had a different idea of what Kyrie Irving was. I agree with that. Than what he is. Yeah. Like I, I mean. If you listen, I mean, I vividly remember. I mean, obviously, I remember the trade. I remember, like, I mean, I was like, look, I don't like giving out the Brooklyn pick. You know, it's, it's a shame, but there are very few guys I would do it for. And Kyrie, I'm fine with it. You know, this dude, you know, he's got his own sneaker. You know, he won a championship. He's an Olympic gold medalist. And, like, if you listen to Danny Ainge's press conference or his conference call, rather, when we made the trade, like, he was like, look, this dude. You know, he's a he's a he's a gold medalist, the Olympic champion, NBA champion, one of the most clutch players in the league. Like he he put Kyrie on a level that like most people ne- not necessarily looked at him as because he was LeBron's sidekick. And I think, like you said, these guys thought they were getting like a, a real alpha dog, superstar, um, MVP level guy. I mean, we were having they, conversations. They, they, were, they thought they were getting like a Chauncey Billups. That's not what they were. Yeah, getting. and. I think they thought they were getting Kobe. You know, like, I think they were getting, like, that level. I mean, we had When I say Chauncey, I mean, like, that intellect. That, right, right, right. like, championship pedigree. Right, exactly. Like, that kind of, like, locker room guy. Right, exactly. Which is, was not what they and were getting. I, like, we talked about on this show, like, yo, man, like, I mean, Kyrie on the Celtics, I mean, he could average 28, 29. You know, look at what Isaiah Thomas did. I mean, Isaiah Thomas averaged 28. You know, Kyrie could average 30. Yeah, you know, Brad Stevens could make him an MVP. I mean, his, his game never really got that much better. No, he was not under Brad. Pretty much, you know, in some instances, some people wonder if he got not worse, but like, you know, if the system was kind of holding him back a little bit. I mean, it's 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 an interesting thing to look at now that you know his tenure is kind of done, and people are like, man, this did not go the way we thought it would. But I think that entire organization did not think that this was the type of player they would be getting, especially not only on the court, but then. Just the the mentality off the court, which people and, and obviously like off the court in the sense that like just in the locker room and in post game press conferences and just dealing with the media. I mean, one of the worst star players I've ever seen in terms of dealing with the media, uh, and just in terms of his. Man, that's saying a lot because you got a lot of competition. A lot NBA. of competition <laughs> in this NBA. He's got a lot of competition. But what do? Like, have we seen where it's like when something goes bad, eight times out of ten, he's going to say something that's going to make him look worse? I was going to say eight times out of ten is just not going to be accountable for it. Oh, yeah. that's a, that, I mean, that's another like, thing. Like, that was the thing that turned a lot of people off is these last, this last press conference. And really, both all these last press conferences is that he kind of just hasn't really lived up to, like – Fessed up or owned up to, like, and when he does, the fact that he just came up sh- flat out short. Yeah. Well, games. yeah, yeah. This this playoffs, 
Oh, you, like you said, it's been about. He's made it about like, oh, well, you know, the game is very complicated. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and, made excuses. Buddha, he Buddha care. says, blah blah. <laughs> no, like just stuff. Where it's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> but and in and in, in, in like in following Kyrie, like typically when he does mess up, he'll he'll preface it by saying, "Look, as great as I am, I gotta do this," <laughs> or you know, "Look, I, I can score whenever I want, so I gotta I gotta get used to setting these other guys up." Like he's he's always gotta. Toot his own horn in some aspect, <laughs> and look. That's why it's, it's like what I told you. You want to know? Well, it's exactly what I said though before. He's like that kid who wants right to always be acknowledged for, for being his great. greatness, or when he does the right things, or like what he's sacrificing by doing the right. He's things. Like, look, I gotta, instead of just doing it, I gotta understand. Like, I could, I could score whenever I want, and but you know, and it's it. Kendall, we we've both seen that kid in high school yeah. and college and you want to know who the first person school, in middle school you know that who, kid exists all the time. You want to know who the first person who pointed this out to me, outside of like the 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 LeBron fans that were like, oh Kyrie's yeah. a a petulant whiny brat who you know didn't understand what he, the, how great he had it in Cleveland. <laughs> they they sound pretty decent right now. Yeah, them guys, yeah, man. They, they, they lean they leaning into they lean into them takes, man. But they, outside of those, those people, they weren't they 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 were they were just they had an agenda. Yeah, they had an agenda. So I'm not I'm not giving them their credit. But the first person that told me this was was ironically our brother Henry. Mm, shout yeah. out to Henry. He would and a lot of this was actually was tied. A great basketball mind, by the way. He yeah, had him on his podcast. He he he. This you guys talk loud though. Tied He's to this, <laughs> he he tied this more so to the the flat Earth conversation. Mm. When because you know we were joking, this was like you know months ago. We were we were watching like his stuff on the flat Earth theory and like you know when they were pressing him at the All Star game about it and you know he Henry pointed out he was like every time I hear Kyrie Irving he's passive aggressive. And like he's like I he's like I don't like his passive aggressive mindset. And like the Celtics, I'm defending him. Like, look, man. I mean, you know, look, he just has his own feelings. And Henry's like, look, it's harmful. You know, it's dangerous to you know be talking like that. You know, and you know kids, you know, are gonna be talking or mess- he's messing with kids and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe. But you know, I'll, I'll let him think how he thinks. But he and it was more so Henry was was he was disturbed by just his. His attitude, right. you know, dealing with the media, kind of, you know, laughing it off or saying, like, you know, these, you know, screw you guys, like, setting me up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, at this point, it's now, it's it's becoming a reoccurring thing where he's just completely passive-aggressive in the media about everything. And, you know, if it's about, you know, uh, yeah, like, a reporter's asking him, you know, a, a two-part question, like... Yeah, you know, what do you think? What happened in this game? And you know, how are you gonna, you know, you know, approach, you know, this off season free agency? He'll answer the question about the game and just and stop his answer. Won't acknowledge the free agency thing, or you know, he'll just, you know, disengage when they ask him about it. Or, I mean, I remember one press conference where they, I forgot which game this was, but they asked him, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, I think it was after a win, but he was like, are you concerned? Uh, you know, at all about, you know, this team going into the playoffs, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the inconsistency of this team. And, you know, he kind of laughed off. He was like, what do you mean? He was like, uh, he was like, yeah, are you concerned about the inconsistency, you know, this team going into the playoffs? He was like, well, he was like, what kind of question is that? And the reporter was like, it, it's a legitimate question. He was like, nah, man. He like, I'm not answering that. And then just moved on to the next one. It was like, even that is like, just... Just answer the question. Just say I- I'm not concerned. Or just say I don't think we've been inconsistent. Even, yeah, I don't even, think we've been inconsistent. Even that, like, is an answer. Yeah, 
But like, to, is, it, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, and it's again, it's it's, disapp- it's disappointing because yeah. you're like, Kyrie is, is a smart guy, you know, absolutely. Like he understands what he's doing, you know, but it's, it's it kind of makes it worse. Exactly, it's immaturity more than it is. Not to say that I don't, I don't mean this to say Russ isn't smart, but I, sometimes I don't think Russ. I think is so hot headed. Yeah, he's hot headed. That I don't think that he I don't think he knows how abrasive he comes off. Yeah, I think honestly, Westbrook has like more of an agenda of like, you know, I gotta like defend myself. You yeah, know. He's screw like, you it's, all. Yeah, where it's, kind think, of, it's a where, me me against where you. I, where Kyrie <laughs> knows what he's doing, and again, in some ways, that's a little more alarming. Right. Because I I can almost live with a guy who's just really really hot headed. Because maybe I can just I can control his emotions. Right. Kyrie, what he's doing is not emotional. He's thinking and deciding to be this way. And I mean, this year was bad, man. I mean, it was bad yeah. just in terms of dealing with the media. Like, I mean, there was the the the, the next episode, you know, the July first, you know, meet me July first. I don't owe anybody anything, <laughs> you know. There was the, I mean, that was like a two three day, <laughs> you know, like controversy. I mean, it's that's why. Look, as a Celtics fan, I don't I don't want this guy back. As a Nick, I'm more willing to yeah. lose him for nothing. Than to bring him back, which I, I mean, I've been saying, I said last year in the all season we should have traded him. You know, <laughs> you I wanted Doncic. I was like, yo, man, like if we can find a way to turn this guy into Doncic or turn this guy into something, I do it because we were better off without him, or we might be better off without him. I said at the deadline when he was talking crazy about the Knicks, trade him now, Danny. And yeah, look, Ainge wants to bring him back. I'm worried that Ainge. Still, I think I'm not worried. I think Ainge still wants to bring him back, and I'm worried about that. I don't think it'll come to that though. I think he's gonna leave. Um, if I'm a Knicks fan, I know Knicks. The question has been: Should Knicks be concerned? You ain't got. I mean, I don't think we're in a position to be concerned. To be honest, like, like I know, like, like, look, you're a Knicks fan. You want to have the best situation. Concerned, possible. I would be concerned. I mean, whether or not you that is not stopping me, I would agree. Yeah, that I guess that's kind of why I would say I'm not concerned because nothing I can do about it. I'm not, oh, I'm not gonna sign Kyrie Irving. I'm gonna sign right. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, He's but available. You, are you now gonna sign him with the notion that like, yo, this guy like he might de- he might derail things at some point just because he doesn't feel like he doesn't even, like the way he's treated even, by the media. But even derailing things for the Celtics was them winning 50 games, making the playoffs, having great. You're saying that now. I know I'm saying, saying that, now. that now. I'm saying that's a guy who had mellow when you got Durant for one year. Too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you. But I would still take those years, that one year we had for multiple years, than what we've done. But for the last, if there is an years. alternative that doesn't come with some one one guy who just derails your whole team because he's not feeling he's not feeling it. Well, the difference do you, for do me, you attack the well, alternative because the Knicks have options. You would hope. Well, look, I, like I told you before the show. There's any option that includes Durant and Ky- Kawhi playing for the Knicks. Kyrie should not be in the conversation. Obviously, he shouldn't have been in the conversation. But if we're talking about drafted. guys that are maybe at a lesser stature, that are safer bets from a, a, a locker room standpoint. To me, that only would. I don't think it matters. But that, but that would only. But that would also depend on the the pick. If I got the number one pick and I know it's Zion, I may be more inclined to. Say, oh, can I get this guy for a little cheaper, maybe a little less years, and not Kyrie? have to deal with the? No, no, I'm talking about uh, someone besides Kyrie. Oh, okay. yeah, I was like, no, I'm talking about someone I mean, besides someone Kyrie. From the Mac. Like, could I, I live with that? Awesome. And would KD be okay with that? If that's a situation that's arise, that's different. But if we don't get the number one pick, and that's very possible, 
And are we talking and, not number two also? Yeah. And that's and then that situation, I, I think that I'm still being like, well, well then I guess I gotta just grin and bear it. I mean, there's a lot of there's you could have a lot of bet worse problems than having Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant on your team. I mean, well, you could literally have maybe a million other NBA well, problems in that. I mean, look, as a Celtics fan, I mean, it may sound crazy, but they, they, I mean, there weren't many worse problems for us than having Kyrie on the roster this year, which sounds sounds crazy. But again, it's perspective. You guys, it's, it's perspective and uh, it's, it's relative. In the situ- it's yeah, relative to our, what our situation is, obviously. Because you guys were in the conference championship last year, but and this year you're trying to win a championship. The Knicks just. Just, what? just get out of the doldrums of the disaster. Kyrie may be a guy that's just very specific to what. I mean, look, LeBron will tell you, and the Cavs tried to trade Kyrie. Yes, it fell through. Why? After they won a championship, they tried to trade the guy. Is, is that not like the first? Should that not have been the first sign? I mean, I should have maybe picked up on it. That maybe they they felt the same thing the Celtics have felt that. I mean, they had the guy for you know six, you know five, six years. They, I, I mean, this the Cavs weren't really any better. I mean, they would have been awful without Kyrie. They were, but like, yeah. they were almost just as bad with him before LeBron came. They were a top five, bottom five team in the league every year. LeBron comes there. I mean, the great, he's great. Um, I can't say that they would have been. They they I don't they don't win the championship without Kyrie. They obviously, not. I'm not I'm not making that case. But from a, a win loss record standpoint, I don't know if they're that much better or that much worse without Kyrie. From the Celtics, you know, fifty something win team without Kyrie, with Isaiah Thomas, make the swap. We're not really that much different in the playoffs. We're just as good. Then we bring him back along with Hayward. And we take a step back, and a lot of it is because of the 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 locker room and mental dynamics and psychological dynamics of Kyrie Irving. It's not anything on the court. Mm-hmm. He's a tremendous player, you know. But like, that's just something you have to weigh. And I, I'm somebody I've always kind of been uh, into like the, like the psychological aspect of a lot of these guys, especially when it comes to scouting. You know, when it comes to the draft, I, I'm more willing to pay attention to that stuff than some than a lot of people. I think the Celtics are as well. And if you're brain typing someone like Kyrie, that's not the type of guy I want leading my team. If he's your B or C guy, you can deal with that inconsistency. You can deal with that moodiness, that, that you know, dare I say diva mentality, because nobody's looking at that guy for leadership. Nobody, looked at, nobody in Cleveland looked to Kyrie for leadership. Mm-hmm. He was the kid. They dealt with it. They're like, all right, this kid, yeah, he's a moody kid. You know, just hopefully we can keep him happy, you know, for 75 games. And hopefully we keep him happy for the playoffs. Hopefully he keeps his head on straight. As the leader of a team, at 27 years old, that that is alarming to the point where yeah. it's one of the worst situations I've seen in the NBA in the last, you know, 10 years for a star player. Wow. There's very few. I mean, can you think of a guy that you looked at worse in terms of like, yeah, like this dude might just just not care and just ruin ruin your entire situation. I mean, Melo wasn't looked at favorably. Dwight Howard wasn't looked at favorably. Dwight Howard was worse. 
Dwight Howard was. Uh, the difference between it, Dwight. It's, 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 it's revisions here to write Dwight Howard. Was, the difference was between a, Dwight. That was a Dwight time. wasn't the best player on his team. In Orlando, he was. Oh, in Orlando, he was. But it was a clown show in Orlando too. But Orlando, he 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 asked for a trade. Yeah, and that whole thing completely blew but up I, because I can't, of him. That, but that's a that's a that's not a I I I kind of want to be here, but you like that's it's not a, I'm trying to win a championship, but I'm also gonna screw you guys over. That's like I don't want to be here. Like Anthony Davis is doing the same thing, but no, I mean. What do, you want, what do you want me to do? But him trying to get his coach fired while also trying to get himself I look, I'm not saying Dwight Howard's great. It's crazy. But Kyrie Irving it was legitimately competing for a championship and derailing his team at the same time. I mean, I, I could argue that the I could argue the Magic were doing the same thing. I mean, it is an argument that Dwight, they don't need to have right, one yeah, air. Fair enough. But I could argue Dwight that the Magic also, were doing the yeah, same thing. Yeah, I, I see the similarities. Um, also, he had also like led them to the finals, which is why like. Yeah, you feel like there was more bang for their buck, so to speak. Right, like Kyrie kind of hasn't done anything. Yeah, he was only there for one, two years. One year he was hurt, and this is what's happened. On uh, the full year he was there, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, we didn't really get to talk much about the Bucks aspect of it, but you know, in a minute or less, who do you think they prefer to play here, the Sixers or the? Uh, I mean, obviously, the, prefer to play the Sixers. You think so? I mean, you think ra- it's not even close? Uh, yeah, no. The Rock, the Raptors. Um, that's going to be a uh, – obviously, I'm giving away the Raptors going to win the series. But uh, that's going to be a good series. So you just you just don't think Sixers have any I mean, look, if, if, if people listen to this podcast and the Sixers are you in the conference finals, crazy. you know, crazy. great for them, man. <laughs> I'm not analyzing that series till till that time. I see. Do you see it? Raptors, Bucks, though. I mean, that's what Kawhi I, I versus Giannis series. is is – I mean – Honestly, that's the closest thing we'll we'll ever get to a, a LeBron versus Kobe series, man. Which that we never got. I mean, that's gonna be a, that's the series we I hope we do get. I I think that the NBA doesn't want us to get it, but which would be which is that's the series I, I think they, they do get. I think they do. No, they don't. The NBA does not want. No, the NBA Philly wants getting getting wrecked in four games or five. You, games. you don't think the you don't think Philly can compete with the Bucks at all. I I, I, don't, I don't. Why? Know. Why? I keep asking. But you. do you think Adam Silver? Thinks Philly can compete with the Bucks. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, mean, he thinks. Yeah, he thinks. Man. You know, yeah. If I send, if I send in uh, Scott Foster and Tony Brother, they can compete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't get fired, Kendrick. No. Um, there goes our Adam Silver interview. <laughs> yeah, look at that 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 you know that Kia sponsorship. You know, that, <laughs> that, that Spalding this sponsorship. The Sprite, the Sprite sponsorship. <laughs> we never get that Sprite and Gatorade money no more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, look. I, so you think that so Toronto you, in is just short, a, you think that the Toronto is a better a team, much better. I mean, it'd be much it, better matchup. It'd be like saying you know who does and it, look maybe this isn't fair because I mean some people are saying Portland's a terrible matchup for Golden State, but like Denver is, is is a better team than Portland. You know, Damian Lillard's a great player, but like I think Golden State rather played Portland than Denver. I don't think so. And that's probably a hot take. I don't know. That is a hot take. I, I think. So. <laughs> but like Denver so is like a more talented roster. Damian Lillard is Arya Stark. Yeah, assassin. yeah, exactly. Like they don't want to deal with that guy, especially without possibly without Kevin Durant. No, they. they well, yeah, now the, the the they gladly yeah, take changed Kevin Durant, who have inexperienced, never been. Yeah, there it's changed before. after the the injury. No, Stephen Ace, Stephen Ace would say smells breath smelling like Semilac, wet, wet behind the ears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've had to take that series. Then uh, someone like Lillard, who seems to be on a mission in this uh, in these playoffs. Um, I agree. I don't think it's that. 
I don't think it's as wide a margin, but I do think the Raptors definitely match up for themselves better with the Bucks than the Sixers do. I think the Sixers would have massive issues with Kawhi Leonard, John Antetokounmpo, and not to say that the Bucks wouldn't, but I think the Bucks, I think Siakam is a very good defender. I think Siakam can make him work more than the Sixers can because Tobias is like really just a, a shooter for them. Right. So defensively, Giannis. I is, mean, Simmons would either regard. Simmons was guarding. Was now Simmons is getting in foul trouble. I don't. I mean, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're gonna be in ma- a lot of trouble. A lot of it's gonna be by committee. They can switch more than most teams because of Simmons' size. And, 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 and Butler will compete even though he's too yeah. short. Like they can run lineups out there that where like said Butler's the two. But I mean, in this Simmons series, the in this series, they've been putting Embiid on Sim- Siakam when when they go small. You can't put Embiid on on, on Giannis. I heard the conversation. They're gonna have. They're gonna. Have, I agree. They're gonna have issues. I don't know if they're gonna get swept. But what's wrong with Embiid, man? Is he out of shape? Um, something is wrong with him. I agree that that question needs to be asked. I mean, you look I, at, I was watching coaches, his highlights at Kansas. His, his coach dude and was, some of his dude was his like biggest fans, lighter, man. his fans are, are 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 just defending him. And I understand it because you can't control injuries and sicknesses, but. And maybe this this is losing weight. This is this is maybe me. It's it's projecting. I don't know if it's a weight thing, but I don't. I just don't. And you know the image I keep getting, and it's probably unfair to him because it it was. I think it was last year, but I just remember (laughs) before a game, he's sitting courtside. He's eating a cheeseburger, (laughs) and. I remember, and nobody said anything, and people and the people who said stuff kind of thought it was like dope. And I'm like, why is he eating a cheeseburger like hours before game time? And there's something about Joel, like the way he kind of. And I think again, I don't want to like just like harp on these little moments. Him dancing when he had the knee injury, I don't know if he takes care of himself. Right. And we say, oh, like him getting sick, like you can't control that. Yes, you can. <laughs> like, sorry, Brett Brown. Yes, you can. There are people who, you know, we, our father works at a job where he has to be there all the time. And there's certain things you have to do to keep yourself so you're not sick all the time. Certain uh, measures you have to take. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you're sleeping right. Make sure you're eating right. Think, not yeah, being out in the cold things. too long. Yeah. Things like, like, and being such a carefree guy, I don't know if he takes care of himself the right way. So when we say he's out of shape, I don't know if he's out of shape, out of shape. I think that he's strong and fit. But is he in the best shape he can be in? No. I don't think his most ardent supporter can agree with that, disagree with that. And do I think that some of the stuff he's dealing with is like him, like, maybe just not taking care of himself the way he should? Yeah, I do. And, and and I can be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, then, all right, I'm wrong. I'm not afraid to say that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But this is just, if you're asking me what I think of him and what his deal is, as you ask me the question, I think that's his deal. I think that, I think there is a level of immaturity to how he prepares himself. And that's why he always has these issues where he's got these nagging injuries. He's got these weird illnesses at the wrong times. Like, and he's playing with fire because all it takes is, you know, yeah. Then he, you know, he pulls something the wrong way. Pulls yeah. Something and then the has a serious. Then has a really serious injury. I agree. Yeah. You know, I think that. I think that that's. And uh, look, Derrick Rose was in premier shape and he got serious. Games, right. So, so it's, it's some things you can't do. control. But like, but when it's a nagging thing with this guy, I mean, the guy's been hurt with a, like a different injury every game of these playoffs. Yeah, that's not normal. And I don't. Like, you can't look at that and just be like, "Oh, you guys are just getting on him." Like, come on. Like, at a certain point, we gotta ask questions. And this is the same dude that's like 
you know, trying to fight coaches because they're they're not playing him every game. Yeah, he stopped. He, yeah, he last year he was like, stop effing babying me. Yeah, and it's like, look, like they're protecting you from themselves. And hopefully, NBA will be more mature. Next I, like, season like all right, then don't stop calling me at six a.m. saying I can't play. Yeah, exactly. I don't want. If you couldn't tell me he's not well, babying. I don't need, I don't yeah, need six a.m. Text, I need six a.m. text messages saying I can't play. We must win games. You know, the 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 follow up to that is what's wrong with Simmons. He played great some, tonight. Some people, yeah, he also played great. You know, a couple games against Brooklyn and went back. To, I think I think people. I think I think he is what he is. I think know, people overreact to his bad games. Yeah, I mean. That's what I think. I think here's what I think. Actually, I'll give you a full landscape really quickly because I want to get to the other stuff. I think for a lot of people who don't watch him all the time, he's slightly overrated. And then when they see him play poorly, they go crazy because they can't believe, like, he still has these efficiencies. But if you watch him play, you know he has. But even, like, the smart basketball people will tell you, last year I thought he was Magic Johnson. This year he's gotten, I mean, mean, look. They're they're also not smart basketball people say the same thing, but like there the narrative I've seen there is that where it's like man like you watch him play well you can't shoot but there's also people and I would that, say duh that I've seen that have said like they didn't care about that last year because he was just a rookie and he was doing it but now it's his second year and he's got no better and now it's the end of the world and my my mind I'm still like look he's still the same player if you liked him last year. You should like him you now. Should li- he's still he's only a second year player yeah. doing this. Yeah, it, it's alarming they haven't gotten any better. Yeah. But he's still twenty two years old. So that's my mindset. But what do you say to the people that say, "Look, he's got no better red alert. Trade him n- as, while you can." I mean, I, I speak from a Knicks fan perspective. So I, I mean, we're the, like, Look, so man, we're the worst team. The, so we're the worst team in the league. So Beggars cannot. So when I see you. people like just like with these rash reactions to some of these things we see in the playoffs. And to be fair, I've had some rash reactions. We ain't get to talk about Russell Westbrook, but, I mean, I, I am very long to rise off in Westbrook in these playoffs. Like, but at the same time... You're like, man, all these... All these uh, but these when I talk about things. a guy who's, like, 22 years old and we're talking about his future, and I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to anything I see. Like, he, he is what he is. I think, I think, I think there was... I think the... Hype for him got out of control because I just a lot of people didn't watch him play at all during the season last year. So they see him in the playoffs in that first round against Miami, and he was, I don't know, I don't he know. was brilliant. Nobody in Philly watched him. Because if you got DirecTV, you can't watch him. Yeah, exactly. You don't got Comcast, you can't watch him. A whole another conversation. Yeah, but, like, I think a lot of people didn't watch him really, and they just kind of followed him, like, through stats and, like, maybe towards Highlights. the very end, and they were like, yo, this guy Simmons is incredible. By the time he actually started watching some games. Then the playoffs came, you know, the second round, they're like, man, Simmons got to work on some stuff. But he still got this ceiling. And, look, like, sometimes it takes players a little while. Like, it doesn't, it's not overnight. So, my, to answer the Simmons question, I don't think much is wrong with him. I think. So, is there been, anything wrong with the Sixers then? Um, did, did they have to blow it up? I mean, look. I mean, the Sixers, I mean, the, the, the they Sixers. They could be in the conference finals. The but Sixers like, issue is that I think, uh, I think this, I think we're starting to learn that. This Star Wars thing, I mean, like, if you're going to do it, like, it's got to be done, like, the it's right way. Sense, yeah. And the Sixers don't make sense. No, they don't. Like, they tried to Tobias stuff. Harris <laughs> is just Wars, not though. a fourth scorer. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but now you could say, well, I don't want him my two scorer. Well, that's why he's not a that's superstar why he's player. Been, that's why he's been traded eight times. Right. That's why he's been on 100 teams. <laughs> like, like we know he's talented. We know, but, like, him, to, to expect him, because my thing is, when you're the fourth scorer, Kendall, you have to do other things. Right. Like, People just think, oh, on paper, oh, he's my fourth scorer. He gets the ball. He's yeah. lighting it up. It's like, no, like, okay, if he's not, 
If he's not scoring all the time, that means he has to be setting screens. He has to be rebounding. He has to be making the right pass. He, you're asking him to do other things besides scoring if you're making him your fourth scorer. And that's going to be an issue because he, that's not his game. His game is one-on-one scorer. Yeah. So if he's not your second guy, I mean— And where's the, spacing, I mean, where's the spacing on that team for him to even be a one-on-one guy? Exactly, when because you have Embiid, who, he's a who, whose jump shot's gotten worse somehow. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a mid-post. And Simmons, who can't shoot at all. Isolation guy, elbow isolation guy. But, I mean, where, I haven't seen him do that in Philly. And when he does, it looks bad because, like I said, Simmons has to be on the block. He can't stay on the perimeter. Neither can Embiid. Embiid does. And it, it always, it, you know, 75% of the time ends, well, ends poorly. Um Butler now has to be a, a jump shooter. Reddick, obviously, is a great shooter, but they're not going to leave him. Like, they they have three one-on-one guys. Yes. And that's not going to work. Like, yes. the Heat worked because they had two, and Bosh was willing to become a jump shooter and, and play defense and rebound. The, the Warriors worked because all three of those guys are shooters. Like, if they're, they're not – yeah. yeah, if they're not – if they're not getting, they don't have to be one on one. They I can just catch is, and shoot. They I mean, can they can get on the break and shoot. Yeah. They they can get their shots in many different ways. These other guys, these guys on the Sixers, the three guys, the three big guys, they can only score in certain ways. Yeah. And then Simmons is the point guard, and he can't shoot at all, so he's only going to be scoring going to the rim. So it's not. So to ask what's the Sixers problem, they're not constructed well. They, and you know it's, it's. And I don't blame Elton for taking the risk with this team, but. They should not go with this team next year. They got to make some kind of adjustment. It's and it's it's funny because like last year we talked about they didn't have enough guys that could score on their own, and now they don't got enough guys that could just hit shots. No, they like, don't. They got the guys that could score that could create their own shot, but um, that's why they're in, not a threat. It's why in theory players like Covenant and Sarich worked. Yeah, the problem was the team and their fan base overrated them, and. Those guys, in the end of the day, weren't good enough to do the roles I think that people thought they could do on a championship level. They're good players, and on a you're trying to win 50 games and get to the playoffs. Absolutely, they could do it. They would. They did it last year. But if you're talking about, oh, I want to win a championship, well, those guys they're too limited to try to do that. You need guys with a little more veteran experience, guys who are a little more, you know, proven, guys a little more reliable, and they just replaced them with like one-on-one scorers. That's not – they got better players, but I don't know if they got – they're not, they're better as a team. So Philly's a little flawed. They're better than they were last year because we've seen they've, they've, they've gone further in the second round, and their experience from last year I think helped has helped them. But not all is, not all is great. Do you offer Simmons a mass contract? Because I've seen people ask yeah. the same question. No, I'm not I've seen people – I don't – again, no. I think people over, overreacted. People just like last year, people were saying uh, he was well, the second say, best point guard. I'm like, you I'm, guys are wild. I'm saying, do you offer him a max extension this offseason? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing it. And Why I would love you not offer him a max? Because he what, needs to prove to me that he's got a jump shot. It's just a mental thing. I'm not giving that guy money before he doesn't put the work in in the offseason. I feel I that'd be. I think that's insane. Feel that'd be crazy. Now maybe you might alienate. He's a no him. one picking it. He's no one. Yeah, you might, might alienate him to the point where five years from now he wants to leave. Yeah, but. All right, that, that's not my problem. You don't think that Ben Simmons is the kind of guy you're not, you're not convinced already that you want to try to build around? I not necessarily. No, I'm just not the type of guy. I'm not there with you. On that. I, like I, I, I'm saying I'm not saying not necessarily. Am I saying that? Oh, okay. Like I, I, I think he is. Like I mean, if I'm the so Pelicans, would I would trade Anthony Davis for Ben Simmons straight up and build around Simmons. So why, I'm why saying, would you offer him? Then? Especially for the Sixers in particular, 
men- mentally. I mean, Simmons, like, I've heard I heard Colin Coward use this earlier about Kyrie Irving. He, he was talking about Kyrie Irving has number one pick syndrome, where, like, when you're drafted number one, like, you're kind of, you kind of think you kind of are better than you are, maybe, and, you know, you kind of uh, have this mindset that you're a number one type of player in any environment, and... Simmons has that number one pick syndrome where he thinks probably he's, he might be a little better than he actually is. Um, and the last thing you need to do is that get, give that guy money before he gets in the gym. He needs to have a motive. He needs to have a motivating factor of and if, if it's not because last year, I you hoped that the motivating factor would have been all the people clowning him for not having a jump shot and seeing Jason Tatum kill him in the playoffs. But that didn't do anything. So you hope financially we know he's a guy that loves his money if you if you follow anything about Ben Simmons hopefully he feels like I have to earn a max contract so the only way I'm going to do that is if I have some semblance of a jump shot so that's my mindset it's more of a trick to try and hope that he works on his game but I, I just wouldn't trust giving him money let's quickly go through uh flames and trash this week Kendall I'll go first I'll go with flames I want to give a big shout out to Monty Williams Monty Williams is uh is slated to be the new coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty, uh, by all accounts, great guy in the league, smart mind, has worked in various organizations with some of the most uh, elite coaches. Uh, most recently, obviously with the Sixers, but he was with the Spurs organization for a while as well. But the Thunder organization, where uh, a couple of years ago he had that absolute tragedy with his uh, wife being killed in a car crash. And seeing Monty kind of rise above uh, that, arise through that tragedy, rather, and to to do the job he's done on that Philly bench, to get to the point where he can get another head coaching job, I'm just it's just a really great comeback story. Um, he handled that situation with such grace in the public eye. I, I can only imagine it being a terrible situation, and what's why all counts again to happen to such a good person. Was, was really rough. So I'm really happy that Monty's getting another chance. He was in line for another job that I'll talk about in a second. He decided to go with the Suns. It's a little bit of a risk because the Suns, I mean, you want to talk about dumpster fires. I mean, Robert Sarvar has just completely torpedoed uh, that franchise. But he, he's he got Aiton. He's got Booker. He may have. He's, he's going to have a top pick. How high, we'll see. It could be number one. Hopefully he's traded. But that's a whole another conversation. Uh, that is another conversation. We do not have time for that kind of conversation. But, um, but he, maybe he's adding a Zion or a John Morant to the situation. Or Bradley Beal. <laughs> Again, <laughs> a conversation for another day. Um, and, and then now maybe you're cooking with gas in Phoenix. So I'm really excited for Monty Williams. I'm really happy for him. It's rare. I really root for people in the NBA. But <laughs> he just, like, I don't. Well, no. I don't well, because, human, well, because, well, well, because like I, I, my, my assumption is that these all guys are good people and like everybody's working hard to do great right, things. Right. So you I'm don't not, put anybody else not above anybody. for one guy over another. Right, but right, I was right. hoping Monty would really get something out of this situation. Right. So I'm happy that he got uh, a really good job. He got a five year deal, which was very important to me because, which we will talk about in a second, uh, it gives him a level of job security that we've seen in Phoenix just has not existed. Coaches have been fired after five Booker's games. Had like uh, Igor lasted one season, even though they gave him zero point guard. So at least, like, at least if Robert Sarver is going to do some, some messed up stuff again, 
at least he's going to pay him for four years if he does it this time. So Monty Williams is playing for me. It's really good that he got a he got a job here. Yeah, uh, Flames for me, EJ, uh, this week is Jack Hughes. Now, uh, a lot of people are like, Jack Hughes? I mean, it sounds like a, a British, you know, a British actor or something. No, Jack Hughes, EJ, is the uh, uh, probable number one pick in the NHL draft. You know, we're talking hockey on this show. You know, obviously the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, and uh, hockey makes the show uh, off of, you know, the, the 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 upcoming NHL draft, so <laughs> great job by us. But um, uh, regardless, uh, Jack Hughes, uh, he is flamed this week because he just got put on uh, Team USA, uh, the Team USA roster for the upcoming uh, World Championships, uh, Hockey World Championships. Um, he just played. Uh, the last week, he just he just finished last week, the Junior World Championships, uh, for Team USA, where he actually broke Alexander Ovechkin's record, uh, I believe for uh, points in any uh, Junior World Championship. So, um, obviously, um, Jack Hughes is a huge prospect, and the only reason I'm giving him flames because, well, the Devils have the number one pick in the draft. So, well, of course, uh, you know. You know, we're also talking about a future New Jersey Devil. Um, uh, so obviously, I'm excited for, excited about that. Excited, I, you know, I might actually watch a couple of these World Championship games. I'm, I'm sad I didn't catch any of his uh, his Junior Championship games, but you know, uh, you know, I'm excited to get back into hockey now. If you haven't heard Kendall's uh, talk about hockey before, he is a huge New Jersey Devils fan. Yeah, I mean, it's been the dark years yeah, since Brodeur retired. Yeah, the Giants are kind of the San Francisco Giants are going into that stage where it's like. I, I mean, I can't tell you what we're doing. I know we're we're in last place in the division, <laughs> but you know, I can't tell you who's playing well, what the stats are looking like. You know, what I would call me when Joey Bart, you know, gets called out, who's number two pick in draft. Uh, but now the Devils, I mean, you know, I might follow start start following them day to day. So, you know, um, let's move to the trash segment of the show, and you you knew we were going to mention the Los Angeles Lakers somewhere. This is where they're going to end up. They are trash for me. There's a, a protest scheduled. By the Laker fans who are outraged by what's happened with this team. So, if you've been following, of course, Magic Johnson just got up and left the Lakers a couple of weeks ago. LeBron goes on HBO the shop and basically says, "Magic didn't tell me nothing. He didn't tell me nothing. I, I found out on my phone because my 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 right hand, Randy, went up to me. He was like, "Yo, man." Uh, Magic stepped down. Yeah. He was like, man, you bull isn't. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? He stepped out of his car? <laughs> no, Magic stepped down. And then he went to his phone and went into the locker room and locked eyes with Lonzo. Lonzo, yo, you see this? Yeah, and, that was a crazy story. And, I mean, like, like LeBron James, who was, by all accounts, supposed to be hand-in-hand hand with everything. Some people don't believe happening. it. Some, be, some people are, well, aren't buying it. I am starting, what, you don't, they don't buy that he didn't know? Yeah, or some people were saying. No, I some people I don't, He wouldn't lie about that. Some people don't believe that he was blindsided. They're like you had to have known. You had a meeting with the guy a couple of days ago. No, I don't, no, I don't think you had to have the feeling. I agree. I because Magic, Magic keeps saying he didn't tell anyone. Yeah, and like Magic is not like he's not like like bad to say. Oh no, nah, people knew. They 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 embellishing. Yeah. No, he's like I didn't tell nobody. And like yeah, and like if you watch that press conference, like that whole thing was was crazy. <laughs> was, yeah, it was out of nowhere. Couple hours before a game, <laughs> like Magic, you know, it was like it was like fifty minutes. It was like. There was nothing about that that was like he was crying, strategic. he was laughing. 
It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, there was nothing about that that was like this is scripted. This is this was yeah, planned. No, yeah. This was worked out and orchestrated for weeks. This was some impromptu thing that Magic just decided. Probably, I mean, he may have known for a while in his head, but he wasn't telling people this is what I'm doing. If anything, that's what made it even more bizarre that he met with with LeBron. That's probably what made it more shocking for LeBron. It's like, yeah, I just had a meeting with the guy a couple days ago talking about what we were doing this all season, and then he quits a couple yeah. of, a couple of hours before the game. So all that. LeBron, we learned from LeBron's side of the story that he was basically blindsided, which is, okay, great. The guy that you're building your whole franchise around that's supposed to be hand-in-hand with everything you're doing didn't even know the president was just leaving. Um, Then we had the coaching search. So this coaching search, which I think for a lot of Laker fans has kind of not given them much hope, but it seemed like after Monty uh, decided to go to Phoenix that they were locked in on Ty Lue, which I think for a lot of Laker fans they were going to live with. He, you know, he played for the Lakers. He's a championship coach. He has a relationship with LeBron. It's really hard to go. I mean, based on what was happening, I don't think that they really could have done much better. So I think everybody was okay with that. And it seemed like it was going to be a routine contract signing. We'd be introducing him as Laker coach very soon. It all seemed all well and good. And then all of a sudden, things fell completely off the rails. There's talk about. Oh, the the Rambis family, who somehow now has massive control in the organization because Jeannie Buss is best friends with Linda Linda Rambis, who's Kurt Rambis's uh, wife, and now Rambis is in the basketball operations business. Even though I don't know, he has, he hasn't been formally hired <laughs> as like the vice president or anything. I don't know why he has so much to say, but nonetheless, now he does. His wife works for the team, so we get that part, but not with with Kurt and what he has to do with anything. But Apparently, they weren't completely sold on Ty Lue. There was also word about uh, the contract length being an issue. They wanted the Ty, Ty Lue's contract to be three years to be coincided with the years remaining on LeBron's contract, which Ty Lue allegedly found insulting, as he should. They also wanted to have control over his coaching staff. And among the people they wanted on his staff were Jason Kidd, who is like, I mean, I don't know. Why don't you just put Judas on the coaching staff? Or who are some other famous turncoats? Uh, Benedict Arnold. Oh, Brutus, you mean, right? Uh, uh, no, Judas, who oh. stabbed Jesus. Uh, oh, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking Brutus. Uh, oh, from, from, uh, from, from, yeah, from Caesar, yeah. Ju- Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah. um, Brutus, Judas, uh, who did I just say before? Um, Patera from the Teen Titans. Um, who, who, Benedict what? Arnold. Benedict Arnold, yeah, that's what I said. Benedict yeah. Arnold. Who, who's one of the famous turncoats? Am I forgetting anybody else? Bill Belichick. <laughs> Bill Belichick. <laughs> Death fans certainly understand where we're going from that. Like, just put them, all them guys on the staff then, if you're going to do, do Ty Lue that. Of course, Ty Lue wasn't having that. LeBron apparently wanted Coach Thibodeau on the sideline. Yeah. Which I'm like, LeBron, you didn't want to play any defense, and now you want Thibodeau on the yeah, sideline? Thibodeau would have killed LeBron. <laughs> Thibodeau may have ran on the court. And actually stabbed LeBron if he saw the defense LeBron was playing this year. So, Lou saw this and was like, oh, y'all a circus circus. <laughs> y'all ain't a circus. Y'all a circus circus. I'm not taking this job. So, now uh, they, they don't have a coach. And apparently they've now reopened the the floodgates of this coaching search. And now Frank Vogel's in the mix. And Lionel yeah, Hollins in the mix. And Mike Woodson's in the mix. And the Lakers look like the West Coast Knicks. They just—they're the West Knicks. The fans are about to protest. Pull up to the, the which is West, which is what happened. And Kendall, guess what happened the last time uh, a, a NBA fan base uh, protested the team's basketball operations? Nothing. 
Uh, no, something <laughs> did happen. I think you could say, yeah. uh, the owner's still there. Uh, right. Phil Jackson became the the president of basketball oh, operations. Oh, there you go. And we know Phil Jackson's got ties to the Lakers organization. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. But the Lakers are just trash, dumpster fire, mess. Any word you can describe, that Lakers situation is You know what I think this unbelievable. is unbelievable. And, and look, I, I look, I don't know. Like People are bashing Jeannie Buss. Saying, you know, she's just as dysfunctional as her brother. Are you stuff. about to shoot her bail right now? What, what I'll say is this. You about to shoot her bail. I think, you know, obviously the 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 narrative was that Jim Buss, was, he was running basketball operations and Jeannie was running the, the other operations with the Lakers. Right. And that Jim was dysfunctional and Jeannie ran her stuff. You know, it was a tight ship. You know, it, it was ran smoothly or whatever. That she was kind of the competent, uh, in some cases, smarter, uh, you know. Sibling. Sibling, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that Jim Buss was the, the, the buffoon in basketball circles. Um, what I think is probably what reality is, is that. It's a lot harder to do what Jim was doing. I, I, just that Jim, that Jeannie. I don't, knows I don't know. Business, I, I don't. I don't know. If she's a basketball, right? Person. It, I, it's a better I, assumption to think that Jean knows how to run a business, right? Than it is that she knows how to run a. Like basketball. I know that. Like I don't know if Jim Buss is a basketball person. Yeah, he, he's clearly, not. Clearly, we know. He isn't. Yeah, but like I think people assume that like yeah because she's competent. Yeah. Once you give her control, the Lakers are going to be competent. But in reality, what it sounds like is that she has a million different voices right now. She she went yeah. she went to Magic. And she's still going to Magic, according to some people. She's she went to Magic. She's going to Palinka. She's going to she's Linda going to, Rambis. She's going to Kurt Rambis. She's going to some people who apparently are saying she should trade LeBron James. Yeah, she's going to Kobe. Like she has a million. Like I don't. Th- she doesn't have. She's supposed to be the the head of the organization, and she doesn't know what she wants to do because I don't think she. I don't think she had like I, she knows basketball to a to a basic level. Like I know basketball, or, but I, she's not a basketball. But it's kind of it's kind of why I, I I didn't understand like when Jeannie decided she was gonna take over the basketball part of it I thought it more just meant that I'm just gonna give it to someone else to do everything, like I think that's maybe what's ha- the trouble here is that why is Jeannie consulting anybody? So she she should just be giving it to someone else, and if they screw up, then fire them. Well, she did, and he left. And right, but now, now she's well now to take you you should have either she, hired a, someone to to replace Magic or. They're saying Palinka is just kind of doing Magic's job. So then just, why are you consulting anybody? He should just be doing the job. Well, I there guess... There shouldn't be any issue with contracts. It be, like, there shouldn't be any, oh, the, the, the Rambit family the Rambis said this is too talk, much. Yeah, like, talked to Buss and said, you know, she has to consult with this person and she wasn't comfortable about this look and just step back is what I'll say. Right, and I, I, I think we both agree with that. Step back. You're not a basketball person, like... Like Steve Ballmer, I wouldn't want Steve Ballmer doing the day to day stuff for the Clippers. I don't think he does. I no think he way. signs the yeah. checks, but he lets Lawrence Frank does do what he needs to do. He lets Jerry Lewis insert himself when he needs to insert himself. You know, he lets Doc do what he needs to do. He lets Lee Jenkins, whatever his role is <laughs> with the organization. Like, I don't think, like, Jeannie seems like she's trying to take more control than she probably is, like, capable of doing. And this is, this I almost, feel, I almost feel like she's doing it because... And I don't are, think she's less competent. Or even more competent. Yeah. Than Jim. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's... 
Because some people are like, oh, it's gotten worse. If she's worse than... I, I just think that, like... There's a, bas- a non-basketball person trying to... Yeah, I just think people... Run a basketball team. It was more... People put too, way too much pressure and expectations on her being, like, this super executive. But to be honest, it also kind of lends credence to the criticism about Maddie Johnson, which I didn't think were unfounded when before they, when they hired him. When people kept saying, look, whatever you think about Magic in terms of, like, his inexperience in terms of being a basketball executive, he has been an executive. And I'm like, I kept saying at the time, even though I was for Magic being, giving a chance, because I think he deserved that as being the late right kind he is. But I'm like, you can't talk about being a businessman and, and, and running a basketball team. It's just not the same thing. It's, it's not. And... It's the same thing applies to Jeannie Buss. Like, being a great... Selling the Los Angeles Lakers brand, which we know she's good at, she's done it for years, is not the same as putting a competent basketball front office together, a basketball front, a basketball team together. And she's learning that the hard way. We need an agreement on that. I think that, yeah, probably too much credence was given to her in terms of things were going to be People right. assumed, but like, I, oh, man. But, but I think what they... Now the Lakers are back. I think what they assumed was that she would... Hire the right people to get out of the way. Get out of the way, and she did not. She hired Magic Johnson. That was a terrible mistake. Oh she, yeah. She hired Rob Blinker. That was a terrible mistake. Seems to be yes. Like like <laughs> like they they like she hasn't hired the right people. So, and we assumed and that. Granted, she, I like. And I think, and I think the problem time. was we assumed that she would do that. The problem with Jim Buss was that he hired himself. Right. So that that was the difference. Was that. Well, it's not going to be Jim Buss ha- handling situations. So, Jeannie will hire people who know what the hell they're doing. She didn't do that. But now she is handling the situation. Because she has no choice. Because she realizes that people don't know what the hell one, they're doing. Yeah, one person quit. So, what does she do? The she, has person go, is the least she has to ask person everybody she knows. So, she's just asking Linda Rambis. Because, hey, your husband played basketball. Yeah. And is coaching the NBA. What You're my best think? friend. Like, and, hey, Kobe. I might be still cutting some checks for you. Can you answer some questions? Like, but she does, she, she's overwhelmed. I, I don't know. It, why are there so many voices though? I don't. Why is all this stuff? Get, she shouldn't be asking asking this many people. Yeah. Why? Like why? She and why is be talking all to Rob getting, Why is this all getting out? Because I'm sure like because it's, it's chaotic. Everybody like I mean I'm sure Danny Ainge probably talks to a lot of people about because Kendall the Lakers are like Game of Thrones. Sure, Danny everybody, Ainge, Everybody's turning on everybody. Sure, Danny Ainge calls KG and says, "What do you think about this guy?" But like that's not getting out. Like. Why? Why is it that we hear about? Yeah, Jeannie Buss met with Magic last night, and she met with Kobe last night, and you know, yeah, Linda Rambis told him this, and Kurt Rambis was in this meeting, and like that shouldn't like, even I can't, be public. I, I don't knowledge. understand how Kurt Rambis has any say who the Lakers coach is gonna be. I mean, like, that's it, oh, it's that a family is, thing, that's man. It's a loyalty thing, you know. I, he is one of the worst records in the history of the NBA when it comes to head coaching. How is he? In any way, shape, or form, in the the conversation of who the Lakers are gonna hire, Seth Curry, man, Seth Curry about to about to rip Tory Craig's head off. Yeah, we're watching Game off Seven. Topic. <laughs> uh, Kendall got Kendall like to see uh, these two guys don't want to fight back. Yeah, up. two guys they don't want to fight back up. <laughs> I just never seen Seth Curry so uh, aggressive. Well, good for him. Tory Craig, he was out of line though. He, he's out of pocket. He, he just pushed him for no reason. Um... Yeah, Lakers are just it's 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 really bad. It's uh. You wanna know who else is bad? Yeah, who else is bad? Come on, let's get the deer trash. Uh, Barcelona, not the city of Barcelona. Barcelona, Spain is not trash. Yeah, uh, Barcelona um, is lovely. I want to go there one day. Uh, but rather FC Barcelona, 
uh, who was playing the Champions League, uh, Champions League semifinals against Liverpool. Uh, um, this was, I want to say, two, three days ago. Uh, this was the first matchup. Uh, the second matchup uh, to get to the finals was won by uh, Tottenham Hotspur over Ajax. Um, but the first matchup, uh, the first leg of this matchup between Liverpool and Barcelona was won by Barcelona 3-0 uh, a couple weeks ago. But that's like a definite nail normally. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's two legs. That means Liverpool has to win. Make up four goals. At least win by three to have a shot and has to win, as you said, has to win by four to outright yeah, win. Yeah, these are home goals that they had their scoring. Exactly. So you have to, they have to get, they can't tie them. They have to, they have to be ahead of them. So, like, Liverpool came into this and, I mean, like you said, most people thought, yeah, this is, this is over. Um, what, what, like, you got to play the game, obviously, but, I mean, Barcelona has no shot. Well, Barcelona is trash, obviously, because they lost this game uh, 4-0. Um, there was a tweet. Uh, by the Barcelona Twitter account uh, before the game that said, um, you got to think we'll score at least one or something like that. Jeez. You know, you got to think we'll give us at least one. And they didn't <laughs> score at all. And did um, you see the last goal? Yes. A fake-out corner? Yeah. Where nobody was even paying attention? I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, that was catastrophic. That's the only way to describe that that meltdown. Yeah. Catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, look, that's like it's basically for people who don't understand soccer. That's like if Game Seven, uh, between the the Raptors and the the Blazers, they told the Sixers, "Hey, because you blew out the Raptors the last game, you start the game up thirty to nothing. Like, just find a way to like finish the game. You blew a third. That's like blowing a thirty point lead." In soccer, you lose four nothing, and you only have to keep three goals, and you don't even score. That's the equivalent of what happened. Is the Barcelona basically came in with a thirty point lead? They just hold thirty points essentially, and they could not do it. I mean, people are already saying, like, uh, their manager Valverde has to get uh, fired. Like he's got to lose his job in soccer. You want to talk about uh, high, you know, high risk jobs? Oh yeah, or we, like we, high, oh, about high stakes jobs. What people I meant. talk about, you know, the soccer NBA. is high, sta- was, high stakes job. People talk about oh, the job security in the NBA is terrible. No. And you one game, you be fired in soccer. It's 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 borderline like, like game to game. Yeah, it's bad. Well, yeah, I it's, I just think it's bad for the sport. I think it's bad. Like it's a bad culture. That, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's not good at all. Like imagine it, in the NBA it was like, yo, we just lost by thirty. You out. Like you just, <laughs> I know you won a championship last year, but we just lost by thirty. Like this is embarrassing. You're fired. I mean, it's crazy. Like, yes, Barcelona's underachieved, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they won La Liga last year. Yeah. You know, they beat out Real Madrid. So what what are we complaining about? Yeah, they got to the semifinals of the Champions League. Like <laughs> Imagine some team, you know, blew like a. I mean, imagine if Steve Kerr got fired after the Warriors blew a three-one lead. That's what this yeah, would be. Yeah, that's that's exactly. That's what thing. this would be if Steve Kerr got fired. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, this is bad. 
Uh, I I've already seen articles saying you know yeah, five candidates to replace Valverde. He hasn't been fired yet, and they already like they already they already giving his job away. He just he just lost a day ago. Um, but yeah, I mean it's one of the worst collapses in sports history. Uh, and it's trash because I mean now I mean we got Tottenham versus Liverpool. I mean the Manchester United fan gross, but even beyond that, like I mean it's a little star power, you know. Beliefs is Salah. We got Harry Kane. Yeah, we got Harry Kane. Harry Kane's a superstar. Yeah, yeah, hopefully Salah's healthy. I don't know if he will be. Uh, we didn't play the last game. Um, but no Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, and Neymar. I mean, those are cool. no Hazard. You know, we're talking about well, Ronaldo pulled the LeBron. None of the five has decided to go to a team that wasn't ready to win a championship. So yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. The, the, we talked about it last year that those moves being very similar, and they've continued to be very similar. Uh, Ronaldo's already talked about. He, there's rumors out there he want, he's gonna want out. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, he, he's already put a demand. If we don't like win, he said, like, I forgot what the demand was. Like, if we don't win something, if we don't like get to like the Champions League quarterfinal or something, like, I'm out. Yes, so. it's soccer. It's, no, it's, soccer. It's, it's so, we we talk so, about the drama in the NBA. Yeah. Soccer is like, I mean, dudes asking for dudes asking out like every like you know three weeks. Yeah, they, and it yo, never happens. Yo, Gareth Bale pulled up on some. Some some fans. He was in a car in Madrid, and they asked him, "Yo, man, no, 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 it wasn't Gareth Bale. I'm sorry, it was it was Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard is driving through Chelsea or wherever Chelsea plays. I guess that's in London. London. He's driving through London, and them Chelsea fans see him in a car, and they're like, "Yo, Eden Hazard, yo, you coming back to Chelsea next year?" He laughed, shook his head, and drove off. <laughs> he shook his head, no, laughed, and drove off. I wish Kyrie it was that. it was literally the fifty cent gif. Yeah, exactly. It was the fifty cent gif. He did these guys talking about his team that he's still on. He's still in the contract with. Yeah. They, rumors dude. have been rampant that he's going to Madrid or Barcelona already. But again, imagine if Kyrie Irving he pull, he's driving through TMZ, Boston tomorrow. Yeah, TMZ. TMZ pulls up, yo, Kyrie, you going you staying in Boston? He shook his head and laughed and sped off. We'd be we would be dissecting that for that's, weeks. That's normal soccer behavior. That yeah. wasn't that is crazy to us because we're Americans. We don't see that, but in in Europe, yeah, they're just like, well, that's yeah, far for the course. Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, we know he's going. Yeah, he's leaving, and he's just being honest with the fans. <laughs> it's an honest moment. Like, oh, so where will he go? <laughs> Kyrie did that. We go like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, let's let's get out of here, Kendall. Let's get, give him Kendall's court. Yeah, Kendall's court. Uh, we got a little college basketball news. So, uh, the 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 final, you know, is the final kind of run for this this recruiting class, this twenty nineteen recruiting class. Uh, guys are committing. You know, final rankings are being you know submitted by all these different websites. And as that's happening, uh, out of nowhere, um, the best point guard, the best junior point guard in the country, R.J. Hampton, uh, out of Dallas, Texas, decided that he was going to reclassify uh, up to the 2019 class and up to the senior class and is now uh, a part of that class. That includes, obviously, James Wiseman, who's going to Memphis, Cole Anthony, who's going to North Carolina, uh, among other, Anthony Edwards going to Georgia, among other star players. But um, most sites that, you know, have now included him in their rankings have had him in that uh, five to six range, more or less, is where I've seen him. Um but this is a huge, huge game changer in college basketball next year. 
Um, mm. You know, if Hampton goes to. It seems like it's gonna be. He's gonna come out of Kansas and Memphis. With can I mean Kansas, Kentucky, Texas Tech, Memphis are the four schools on the list. I can't imagine him going to Kentucky, only because like they already are deep at the point guard position. Uh, Texas Tech, I could see, but they're just. I mean, it's Texas Tech and they're a dark horse and they haven't been on his list until this week. So it seems unlikely he would go there. So it seems like look, he's visited Memphis and Kentucky. Both teams need help drastically in the backcourt. Uh, right now, the leader is Kansas. Uh, Memphis, there's still an outside shot that they could get him as well. But regardless, whatever team gets him, one, wh- whichever one of those teams gets him, is probably going to be in the top five next year. Mm. It's probably a final he's that four. Kind of, he's that kind of impact guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be a top five pick next year. So, if... You, if I mean, if I told you you're getting a top five pick point guard to teams that are already in the top 25, they're already in the top 20. I mean, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, obviously as a Memphis fan, I hope that's where he ends up. But but Hampton is a uh, he's a dynamic talent. Um, this isn't a particularly strong recruiting class, so it's important that you know he's now for NBA fans. Like it's important, like yeah, it's good that he recla- reclassified, so the draft can be a little stronger next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a dynamic player. The only question you have about Hampton is that like, is he gonna be ready? It's gonna be a it's kind of a big jump, you know. You've he's a junior in high school, and now he's been playing college basketball. He played local in Texas. He didn't play at some prep school, so the competition's gonna be a lot stiffer. So maybe a little bit of a learning curve, but uh, no, this is gonna be a game changer. It'll probably be at Kansas, but you know. Uh, we have, uh, you know, obviously have our uh, fingers crossed at uh, at Memphis that Penny can get it done. Yeah, I mean, it's an impact. Oh, and no by question. the way, uh, not to yeah cut you off, no, but uh, other recruiting news: uh, Duke lost commit. You know, Boogie Ellis. It did. Uh, she's kind of he's the first player to ever decommit uh, from Duke. Wow, really? In, in yeah. school's history? Well, I guess technically, I heard that Carrick Felix, who's at Arizona State. Did I didn't know he was even recruited by Duke, but uh, he had a couple water in the NBA. But um, he was a JUCO guy, so people kind of look at it a little differently. Mm. But uh, he was also the first JUCO guy ever committed. But um, he's another guy that might be going to Memphis. Yeah, and Boogie Ellis might be going to Memphis, which it, some people think you know maybe those two guys can't coexist. Uh, they can't. They may not want to play with each other. Particularly Boogie wouldn't want to play with. Hampton, since he doesn't want to play with Trey Jones, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so why would he go to Memphis if Hampton's going there? So uh, that that's that's the uh, situation. And if Penny gets Boogie, Boogie, I mean, he's a he's a five star. He's not on Hampton's level, but if Ellis goes to Memphis now, that means that Penny will have gotten a Duke decommit and a Kentucky decommit in DJ Jeffries. I don't. I think that's a significant uh, optics thing. Hmm. I mean. Calipari's never had somebody decommit under him at Kentucky. <laughs> Coach K's never had anybody decommit at him under Duke. And now both the two guys that did that did it this year to go play for Penny Hardaway at Memphis. One guy played for him in high school, but the other guy from California. Yeah, that would be big if that happened. 
I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. But I gotta see, I gotta see, Mem- I gotta see Memphis pull it off for. Oh yeah, yeah, we got, look, we gotta see the paper, cause, cause the they, pen, the paper, the, the whole, the the talk. They Memphis is almost like the Knicks. Yeah, right. he's saying, oh, every, yo, they gonna get, yeah, they're gonna get guys. We it's like, we all right, I want to see it. Yeah, we thought we were getting Matthew Hurt. You know, we thought we were getting Anthony Simons last year. We thought we were getting Sharif O'Neal. You know, none of that stuff happened. None of it happened. So you know, we still got, we still got time. Um, you know, I think Penny, he's working on something, hopefully. Uh, but right now, he has no commitments from guys outside of Memphis, outside of guys that he's got ties to. So, um, so we'll see. But I think uh, I expect there will be a Kendall's court, you know, in a couple of weeks, once the signing period is done. That will wrap up, and we'll, I'll be talking about yo talking about the Memphis yeah. Five. Yeah, the Memphis. We, yeah, we got the number one recruiting class in the country. So, so who number one? Memphis. 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 Tennessee, most beautiful land in the world. <laughs> uh, that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the New Generation uh, Sports Talk podcast. I'm, I know we had the week hiatus, so uh, uh, we wanted to make sure we got this show out. So I hope you guys enjoyed it we will be back next week with more sports talk you can catch all of our shows on new generation podcast network on soundcloud itunes stitcher and tune in you can catch us on social media at facebook new generation media on twitter at new generation pod and on instagram new generation podcast you can follow me on twitter at eg underscore stewart and on instagram action ej and uh if i didn't already check out to our youtube channel new generation media, if i didn't say that yet so that does it for now thanks again for kendall I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.